Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. This is Bengals Live. Let's talk football. On the Bengals Radio Network. Let's talk football. Presented by Bud Light. Live at the Holy Grail. Brought to you by Bud Light. Raise one to right now. The Holy Grail. Home of Bengals Live. Touchdown! Bengals! This is 700 WLW. The home of the best Bengals coverage. And away we go, 6.05 on 700 WLW. It is a Monday night, so it's Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. Three hours to unfold tonight. And Dave Lapham, I've, I've thought about this all day, and it was a it was clearly a mixed bag of emotions yesterday. It was yes, a bit of a, a ride where we saw a lot of different things happen along the way on the ride, and sometimes it was a fun ride, and then sometimes I say, well, I don't like the way this is going. And then in the end, you're left thinking, well, it beats losing. Yes. Um, but it's not as good as winning. Right. So I really don't know. That's a long way of saying I don't know how to process what happened yesterday, so I've turned it over to you. Well, <laughs> I, I think I think the way I look at it now after having uh, flown on a plane for a lot of hours <laughs> thinking about it and, and not sleeping as much, um, Bengals have basically established a tiebreaker, just like they did when they went 10-5-1. and one. You're going to beat a 10-6 and six team, uh, you know, automatically. It's the tiebreaker. You have 10 wins, they have 10 wins. Normally, at 10-6, and six, you start to go to tiebreakers. Well, 10-5-1, and one, you've eliminated that. So now you just got to go on a nice run. You know, you just got to win some football games. 7-1 uh, and one on the back end isn't impossible. It's a, it's a challenge, obviously. But there's not any team in those eight games where you say, oh, man, that's, that's, that can't happen. So, you know, it's the National Football League. Uh, the Washington Redskins, all seven of their games now, or eight, I should say. This is the eighth game where – Every one of them was within one score in the fourth quarter. Uh, they were one of seven teams with that going into the game. Mm. I don't know how many teams are left when you count it being eight of them. Half of the games of the season, every single game, they've been within one score, one way or the other, in the fourth quarter of every one of them. That is the National Football League in a nutshell. Dave, can we welcome in our special guest? Let's do it, Toot. I'm very excited he is here, and I, I think major props to, to both of you for being here. He's on the, the bye week, and he got in, as you did, way early this morning. Yes. He's come out to hang out with us yes. for an hour. He's in his second year as a member of the Bengals coaching staff. Uh, prior to that, he was a scout in this organization. He's involved with the secondary. It is a pleasure to welcome in for this hour Rob Livingston. Yes, Rob Livingston in the house. Thank you. Thank you very much for having me. So give us a little bit of your of your football background. I know you were a heck of a football player in your own right. Give us a little bit of, of history. Well, I, I had to pay you a lot of money, Dave, to say that, so thank you <laughs> very much. Yeah. It was well spent. The well check spent. will be on in the mail. There you go. Um, I, I played at William & Mary for, uh, for three years, transferred there from Western Michigan, and like everybody thought I could keep playing. That didn't last. Went to Canada for about as long as this interview has been <laughs> and um, got in the real world and started coaching. I, I coached at Furman for a year. It was great. It was what uh, every young coach needs. You don't make a lot of money, um, but you kind of get to see it from the ground floor. It, it was a great conference, and it was a great experience. From there, I went to Vanderbilt and coached safeties for a year. Um, so I was in the SEC, and that, that part was great. Again, you get to see uh, big-time football, and it was a, an eye-opening experience for me, both uh, 
on the field and off, recruiting and, and all that kind of stuff was just getting hot, rivals, all, all that good stuff. Right. And then uh, I took a step back and came here as a scout because you always want to see kind of behind the curtain what the NFL is all about. And uh, did the Southeast solely for a year and then uh, started scouting and, and helping on game days for, uh, for two years. And then last year worked with the defensive backs and uh, special teams and this year coached the safety. So it's been, uh, it's been a great ride. You know, the, the Browns, Coach Lewis, uh, Coach Gunther, uh, Darren Simmons, all those guys have been great to me to kind of get my foot in the door. And, uh, and it's been a great, great experience so far. What's it been like to go from the NFL experience from a scouting standpoint to be able to now for two years be on the sidelines during NFL games? Um, it's, it's different. Again, for, for three years prior, I, w- I was there on game day kind of helping out uh, another set of eyes and ears, if you will. Um, but on Monday morning, I'd be taking a 6 o'clock flight out of CVG to go to yeah. Auburn or to go to Ole Miss or something like that. So, um, you know, everything you want that I wanted at least was, was to, to be involved, to, to have that game day experience and, and uh, be a part of something bigger than yourself, yeah. as, as kind of cheesy as that sounds. You know, scouting, it, it's, uh, it's a year-long process. It's a tedious process. It's a great process if you do it well. I think uh, Duke Tobin does it incredibly well here. Um, but it's all for three days for the draft. And, and you can do a bunch of work on a guy, and he can be the number one pick in the draft. And, you know, what are you really doing? <laughs> right. Um, so that part was always frustrating to me. I, I missed the interaction with the players. I, I missed, you know, Wednesday meetings. I, I missed uh, the week as well. So it's been a great, great changeup for me. You know, from the scouting side, ho- hopefully you can take things of, you know, if a receiver, you know, if they can run. You know, the NFL, t- the turnover is so much, and it's such a young league, especially now, that most of these guys, you know, I knew who they were coming out of college. Um, so that, that part has, has been a, hopefully a help as well. All right, we're up and running. Let's get a check on traffic. We'll continue. Rob Livingston hanging out with us in our first hour tonight at the Holy Grail Banks Bengals line, presented by Bud Light, 610. Let's check traffic and weather together on 700 WLW. 611 on 700 WLW. It's Bengals line. We're at the Holy Grail Banks till 9 o'clock tonight on 700 WLW. Dave, I, f- I forget to ask, who is our guest in our number two tonight? Our number two is uh, is running back coach Kyle Kasky. We'll, uh, we'll be here with us for an hour from 7 to 8 o'clock talking about that phase of the football team. Rob, we, uh, we mentioned your, your title is secondary coach. Within the secondary corner safeties, give us kind of a breakdown of your responsibilities and how maybe they're, they're split with, with Kevin Coyle. Uh, yeah, it, it's, uh, you know, it's Kevin's show. I mean, Kevin has been in this league for a long time. Uh, you know, we meet together primarily when we do meet together. You know, Kevin runs it and he does a great job. He's been a coordinator. He's been a position coach in this league for, I think he was a position coach for 15 years, coordinator for five, uh, was in college for 20 years before. So selfishly, um, I, I can learn from him. And then when we do break up, I take the safeties. Kevin takes the corners and the nickels, and, and it's good. It, it's a position in the back end that, you know, when you meet together and you see it through one eye, it's really the only way to go, to, to be honest with you. And Kevin does a great job. Uh, I can't tell you how much uh, I've learned from him and how much to respect for I have him as a coach. Having played the safety position yourself, do you think that uh, lends itself in a positive way when you're uh, coaching that position group? Because I know, you know, players have a respect for a guy that did exactly what they were doing. You know, I mean, do you, do you, do you feel like your relationship – it is even easier to come along with players based on that experience? Yeah, I think it is. I'm not naive to the fact that there's a huge difference of playing at uh, free safety at William & Mary sure. and, and playing in the NFL. So that's, that's, not, uh, you know, that's not lost on me. I, I think you know, I'm very comfortable with, with kind of who I am. I'm young, and I try to be the same guy every day. 
And if you're a player, all you want is information to be successful. If, if you look at the good coaches, you know, they're not always the best athletes growing up or players or anything like that, but they can get their players to play hard because they believe in what they're telling them and they give them things that they're successful. And a player, you know, is like any other person. If you give somebody a great, you know, tip on a stock, they're going to look at you the next time, right? If you give somebody a great tip on a formation, you know, this play might be coming and they get an interception, all of a sudden, you know, you're going to have them. Sure. And, and that's all you want as a coach is to be able to convey a message that, that they can understand and that they can hang their hat on and, and just let them play. That all-important word, trust, right? I mean, that that's key. Having trust uh, it, back and forth. I mean, you trust in your players, your players trust in you. Yeah, no, it, it's, uh, it is definitely a, a two-way street. You know, it, it's, uh, it's not so much uh, a college lecture hall, these meetings. Obviously, right. there, there's some personalities and, and there's some questions. And if you're a player and you can walk out of a meeting and you feel good about what you're doing, you know where the snakes are, and you know what the adjustments are, then you can go play fast. And if you look at the teams that are successful, you know, they play fast, they play together, they see it through the same eye. And that's because it started on Wednesday and Thursday and Friday in the meeting rooms. And some of that is player-led. Dave, as you know, I mean, obviously the best teams you're ever on, sure. you know, you had a sense of accountability. You know, you were meeting on your own. You were, again, trying to see it all. So when that play does come, you know, everybody sees it the same way, and there's no, okay, I thought this or I thought that. Because the, the second, especially in the back end, the second that one person isn't doing what everybody else is, you're done. You know, and, and that's a big play. You know, the, the, the back end, the best way I've heard it described was it's kind of judgment day every day. You know, <laughs> if, you, if you're a three technique or a defensive tackle, you're out of your gap in the run game. Your mom might know. You know your dad might know. But the people watching at home, it was just a big run. You know, if you're a corner, you get beat on a double move. If you're a safety, you get beat over the top. You know, everybody's going to know. Right. You know, so yep. it, it's uh, you got to be on your P's and Q's every day. How did you feel about the secondary's performance yesterday? Um, you know, I, I think as a whole, it, it was, uh, as you described it in your lead-in, you know, hot and cold. Um, you know, w we've got to play better. I think we can play better. It's frustrating at times. W when we're right, you know, we play very well. You know, I think we had a stretch there where we went uh, – a four and out, a three and out, and a three and out, and we were playing really, really well. And, uh, again, big plays start in the secondary. And, and you know, unfortunately this year we've given up some big plays, so we kind of got to grow from that. Um, but I, I thought they played hard. I, I thought they played fast. You know, it was uh, – it's a very good offense. Obviously, they threw for a ton of yards, so that, that, that falls on our shoulders. So that's always somewhat embarrassing, to be candid. Um, so we have to do a better job uh, the, the back end of the season, uh, for sure. You know, it, it seemed like Kirk Cousins is that quick – you know, rhythm, uh, quick tempo, passing game that uh, Jay Gruden likes so much and uh, the ball's out of the hand quickly. So in order to disrupt that rhythm and timing, I thought you guys had a pretty more significant blitz percentage and you started incorporating, you know, slot corner safeties, you know, started bringing guys to try to disrupt a little bit. They were doing the same thing to Andy. The touchdown pass to Eifert was off a slot corner blitz trying to disrupt timing and everything. Is, is that fair? Is that a fair assessment that you tr you tried a few more blitzes than normal trying to disrupt it? Yeah, I, I think, you know, he's a guy that's had a lot of success uh, when he can sit back there and, and read coverages. Obviously, he's a very bright guy. He's had a, a, a pretty good start, if not great start to his career. He's making a lot of money this year, so he, he's paid to make those throws. So anytime you can get him off rhythm and to his second or third option, you know, you like to do that. Now, did it always work? No, it, it didn't, again, to be candid. But I thought we had a great plan. I thought the guys bought into the plan. And uh, we just fell short, you know, in a couple areas. You know, as a whole, you know, I, I thought it was an average performance. But, uh, you know, the guys that blitzed, obviously the safeties came a couple times. Sean had a big game, uh, a couple quarterback hits. And uh, Dre came, Adam came. So we were coming from every angle trying right. to get him off the spot. Right. Um, it just – he made some throws. You know, you look at the uh, – 
the third and 19 throw, you know, we come after him and he, he makes a great throw in the in the face of pressure. You know, unfortunately, on a hot day, you know, you're going to get some of those, yeah. and, and that's not uh, that's not lost on me. But you know, we got to be better in coverage, and um, it's no excuse either. Guys, hang tight. Take a timeout. Uh, coming up in hour number two tonight again, Kyle Kasky, Bengals running backs coach, hanging out in hour number one. Our very special guest, Rob Livingston, head coach, Bengals secondary. As we continue from the Holy Grail Banks, it's Bengals line presented by Bud Light on 700 WLW. Six twenty-one, seven hundred WLW Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, Rob Livingston, kind enough to hang out with us in our first hour tonight. Bengals secondary coach Dave Lapham, you have cards. Yes, we get our James Free Jewelers gem of the game, and uh, could have gone to AJ Green as always. AJ Green now leading the National Football League in uh, in both catches and yards with fifty-nine catches, projecting to one hundred and eighteen, eight hundred ninety-six yards projecting to just under 1,800 yards. Unbelievable. Mm. But we've given it to him before, and what a welcome sight this guy was. Tyler Eifert, 12 targets, 9 receptions, 102 yards, including that 15-yard red zone touchdown reception. Every Bengal fan was rejoicing in that one. He's yesterday's James Free Jewelers gem of the game. Tyler won gift cards. James Free Jewelers, does anyone pay retail for a diamond anymore? Not a James Free, an official partner of the Cincinnati Bengals. And then first downs, steal first down recap. 65 first downs between the two football teams, 35 for the Bengals, 10 rushing, 17 passing, 8 by penalty. How about the illegal chucks to the face mask and the grabbing and the whole mm-hmm. 8 by penalty. I think five of them came against Norman. And then Washington had 30 first downs, just two rushing, 24 passing, and 4 by penalty. And that's uh, the Steel first down recap presented by Steel. S-T-I-H-L, by the way, is Steel. Rob, we talked with uh, George Iloka last week here on the stage, and he pointed out how the, the learning process for him was at times with, with Leon or Reggie, maybe it was a look or a hand signal or a, in a form of communication, and he learned as Darquez and some of the young guys came to him and said, you got to explain that. We don't know that look that you guys have. That's all part of the, the, the communication that has to be bridged, isn't it? Yeah, anytime you have uh, new guys playing together, the, you know, the uh, – oh, it's almost – you know, it takes – time and we've had Darquez miss most of spring and um, a couple injuries here and there you know Dre missed a while so anytime guys are getting back together and playing it's not always going to be fluid it just as lap would talk about offensive linemen working together passing off <clears throat> excuse me passing off ga- <coughs> games right game stunts that sort of thing yeah it's like I call it a fist like five <coughs> there are five uh, offensive linemen five components to the fist you don't think about you know uh just curling your fingers and wrapping your thumb. It just happens, and you're playing together like that. Like you say, like a team, it's fluid. And uh, that's what you have to have on the back end as well. Hey, guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing, and now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun, Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Right? Yeah, for sure. For sure. We have uh, <coughs> Kyle Kasky coming up in our in our second hour. We'll talk uh, the, the running game and some other aspects. So, uh, on the secondary side of things, um, Rob, with uh, somebody like George Iloka, a veteran who's kind of grown into his position, a guy who was scouted, drafted, developed. What, what do you see in him? What makes George Iloka the player that uh, – that uh, has kept him to, uh, growing and developing at this point? Um, you know, I, I think George's biggest asset is uh, is his head. You know, he, he's a very heady guy. He's, uh, he's seen a lot. He's been in a lot of games. So nothing is new to him. You know, he's seen it all. He, he can relate it back to you. And uh, he's a steady hand. You know, he, he, he's been through it, for lack of a better word. So he uh, it, nothing really rattles him, which is great. I mean, that, that's what you got to have from a free safety, you know, on the back end. With, when you look at Washington, they've got a very diverse passing attack, and they've got a creative guy, you know, in Jay Gruden with his, with his downfield passing game. And uh, McVay, their offensive coordinator, Sean McVay, is a is an up-and-coming young star. They with with Cousins, that they, they spread the ball around now. They had five different players catch a pass that resulted in a 23-yard gain or better. A couple of them went for touchdowns: 33-yarder by Crowder, 23-yarder by Reed. 44-yarder that was um, disputed on the Bengals' sideline. Did he step out or not? Not enough clear enough picture to over overturn the call. Garcon had one for 23, and, and Jackson had one for 38. That that group, I mean, they they not only can stretch it, but they're really good after the catch. I mean, the tackling probably wasn't as good as you'd like it to be, right? Yeah, they present uh, you know problems on on every level. Anytime you have a guy like Deshaun Jackson. You know, you, you got to be weary of the deep shot. You know, obviously Deshaun's one of the fastest guys in the league. So yep. that's going to take one or two. Okay, now we're dealing with one less. So then they have Jordan Reed, you know, across the middle. Okay, do you put a nickel on him? If you do that, then you got a linebacker on Vernon Davis. Right. You know, so it's, it's, uh, it, it is, you know. Just pick Jay, your poison. Yeah, Jay does a great job. You know, Jay was great here, and uh, I have a lot of respect for Jay calling a game. He gets the ball out of the quarterback's hands quick. You know, it's half field reads. It's. It's uh, it's really it's a great offense, and you know as you saw that we were putting some matchups that uh, were not great for underneath coverage right. um, on all levels. So it's uh, it's a very tough offense to defend, and um, you know the tackling as you mentioned. You know anytime you're in the open field, it's the toughest thing to do, but that's where all the hidden yards are. You know you talk about first downs especially. You know I think we had four where if we would have made the tackle in front of the sticks, you know, we're off the field. Yep. And uh, if you want to be a great defense, obviously you got to play well on third down and you got to play well in the red zone. And uh, those were, were worrisome yesterday for sure. George Iloke is uh, one of the – one, although he's still young, one of the veterans in, in this secondary. Clayton Fedulum, did I pronounce that correctly, Dave? Yes, Fedulum. I, I go back and forth on it, is uh, the, the, the rookie. When you can get a hold of a, a rookie and mold from the start, just give us impressions of, of kind of the, the piece of clay you have to work with, so to speak. Uh, well, first of all, with, with Clayton, he's everything you want uh, as a, a late-round pick because you know what you're going to get every day and he's going to be good on special teams. And anything he does for you from scrimmage year one is just a bonus. You know, candidly, if, if a seventh-round pick is playing for you a lot, you're probably in a bad spot. 
Um, but when you get a rookie, you know, they got to speak your language. They got to learn the system just yeah. like everybody else. And as you started the segment, when I was coughing in the microphone, I'm sorry about that. <laughs> uh, you know, it, it, you got to learn uh, to play with other people. And it's, uh, it's a process for sure. It's, some teams do it quicker than others. Some players do it quicker than others. You look at, at Vontez. You know, Vontez was thrown into a starting role, I think, his uh, second game of his, his rookie season and has really never looked back. Those guys are rare. That, that, that's not the, uh, the model that you want to have. But uh, anytime you get a rookie, whether it's Clayton Fedulum or, or William Jackson, who was you know the first pick, they're starting from the same spot. You know they they got to earn their spot. They got to earn their way, uh, both in the room and on the field. Let me ask you about two tight end packages. You know you you faced one in New England with a couple of twin towers, uh, Martellus Bennett. They call him Marty. Rob Gronkowski. They call Gronk. The Marty and Gronk show. Six seven. One's two sixty five. One's two seventy five. Two eighty. That's one set of problems. And now you now you face uh, you know here uh, Reed and Davis uh, they combine 14 catches 192 yards and a touchdown nine catches on resulted in a conversion on third down or a touchdown that tight end package isn't quite as big but I mean athletic and fast and Reed's very physical blocker for his size when you have two tight ends like that that are out in the field at the same time I mean. They, they weren't necessarily out in the, in the field at the same time as they were as often as they were in New England potentially, but what, what does that do to defense? What kind of problems does it pose? And I use the term tight end loosely. I mean, these guys are just big receivers the way they run route trees, isn't it? Yeah, if you look at the way that uh, Jordan Reed especially is flexed out into the slot, uh, and again, if you think about when Jay was here, there's not that you know, much difference between him and Mohamed Sanu. Right. Um, so anytime you hear, you know, two tight ends in the huddle as a defense pers- perspective, you either got to have base defense, so you got a Sam, a Mike, and a Will, or you got to put nickel out there, right? So you put a nickel on one tight end. So then you got to choose, okay, well, which one of these guys that runs 4-5 do I want to put the nickel on? Yeah. Right? And then you got to realize, oh, wait, they, they can run the ball here. <laughs> um, so it's always, you know, a cat and mouse game. I mean, that's what offenses and defensive football is. Um, and if, if you do play nickel, you know, you're going to play man coverage, then a linebacker is matched up on, on one of them or a safety, and, th- and that's not always an ideal matchup. Um, so it, it does present uh, an incredible amount of problems because, you, number one, you've got to decide who you want to play, and then your coverages are, are dependent upon that. And, you know, in New England especially, uh, when they start hitting you in some runs and you've got to go back to base, right. then, then you're, you know, you yeah, you're, right. uh, you're in a tough spot. Yeah. So, you know, if you look at, at the way that Tyler has, has progressed here, you know, it's, you know, he's doing the same thing. You know, it's, uh, it's a big athletic guy who can block on the end of the line. And if you flex him out as, as a number two, you're not losing anything. And that's really what Jordan Reed is. Guys, um, oh, yeah, go ahead. No, no, let's take a timeout, get yeah. a check on news. How about Rob Livingston, yeah. everybody, enjoying this conversation? A little More to go after a check baby. on news. Bengals football line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. On the home of the best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. 736 700 WLW. Live presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Banks. I'm Lance McAllister. He's Dave Lapham, our special guest in our number one Bengal secondary coach, uh, Robert Livingston. Rob Livingston hanging out with us in our first hour. Kyle Kasky is in the house. He'll join us at hour number two. Yes. A couple of young. Oh, he's working on chili stars. already. Look at that. He's yeah. Got some chili going on. Get some, uh, some young rising stars in the coaching staff for sure. Joining us here tonight on both sides of the football. Really appreciate them doing that, too, because not an easy uh, flight back into that headwind, man. It was like almost took eight and a half hours to fly home. It was crazy. So how long did it take you guys? Uh, what 
to get ready for a game like this logistically? I know you guys aren't involved with, you know, putting together logistics. That's Conley and all those guys. But in terms of educating your players about how to get ready to play in a game like this, how to take care of your body, how to do those type of things, when did you start that process? Um, you know, they've started in the spring, you know, with uh, really all the 100 guys that were here. And you got to deal with uh, a long flight, obviously, and as it got closer, I think it got a little bit more daunting, you know, for the players. Uh, they had a great plan. You know, Marvin does a great job putting people in front of the team that are going to help. We've got um, uh, assistant strength coach uh, Shea, and, and Shea does a great job uh, talking about hydration, number one, um, how you're going to feel getting off and, you know, flying over seven-hour flight, trying to stay up, you know, all day on Friday till it's nighttime over there so you can sleep, and uh, just going about your business. Uh, Chip and uh, Chip and Jeff Friday did a phenomenal job both Friday and Saturday trying to stretch the guys out a little bit, get them moving. You know, as Laugh will tell you, anytime you're sitting for seven hours, uh, those knees don't want to bend all that much. <laughs> That's right. Um, we had a, uh, a light practice on Friday and a light practice on Saturday uh, just to try to get acclimated to it. Um, so I can't say enough, uh, you know, Connolly, Jeff Brickner, everybody who handled the travel, it was, uh, for my end, it was very easy. I got on a plane on Thursday. I had a couple extra cards for practice. We had to meet a little while longer on Wednesday night to get things ready for Friday. But, you know, when we landed, everything was structured. It, it was done to a T. So they did a phenomenal job. They did. It was well done. It, was, it, it came off, it went off like clockwork. There were no issues, no, no delays, no issues. It, it was pretty amazing. It really was. Did you sleep on the flight out? What, what was your time of the flight out uh, spent doing? Um, the flight out, yes, I did sleep. And then I was up all day Friday. And uh, it, coming back was the worst. As Lap said, uh, you tie a game, number one, so you don't really know how to feel. And you're sitting down for eight hours. So, you know, all of a sudden you look, they got something in front of you, and it says how much you got left. So I, I tried not to look oh, at no. it. And then I'm, I, I look at it, and I'm like, oh, it's going to say like an hour and a half. It's no big deal. And it says four and a half hours. Oh, oh, yeah. um, so you, you play the game through your head a million times. You yeah. watch it on an iPad. Um, you get yourself all worked up. You land at 3 o'clock. Uh, you go home, you kiss your wife, you see your little son, and you turn around, you leave the car running, and you come right back to work and <laughs> yeah. um, go from there. But uh, you know what you sign up for, and, yeah. and it's, uh, it's not that, you know, I don't mean to sound like nobody else is doing it, but um, it, it is a, a very daunting trip. You know, Indy, I think, is the only team that has gone over there, played a game on Sunday, and then turned around and played another game, actually won that game. Right. You know, we were talking about the Monday night game. Yeah. They played Chicago the, the next week. So to be in London on a Friday afternoon – not really knowing what day or time it is, and game planning for a game the next week is uh, is a major issue, I, yeah. I think, in terms of logistics. Yeah, but, yeah. Uh, that, that is amazing. When you, when you think about what they did, pull yeah. the, uh, that, that truly is remarkable. Because usually teams do get buys. I mean, it's, it's only fair to get a buy after you travel over there. Oh, yeah. I mean, it, you know, all of a sudden, you know, if you get back, and you, uh, there's a lot done behind the scenes on either Thursday night, you know, Friday afternoon, Saturday afternoon, to get you ahead for the next week by, you know, quality control guys, position coaches, coordinators, whatever it may be. And if you can't do that in London in terms of having the video or being able to get it back right. or just little things like that, and you land on Monday, as I said, at 3 o'clock, and you're starting from, you know, the mm -hmm. ground floor, it's, uh, it's a big task. Now, I think Indy got to play at home, luckily, which helps a little bit. But it's, uh, you know, the, the travel is a great – 
you know, as great as the trip was, as great as the city was, as great as the fans were. I mean, I, there was, what, 86,000 people there. Yeah. I don't think they knew if it was full of air, if it was stuffed. But they were yelling. You know, there's all kind of like Tom Brady jerseys there for some reason. Right. Um, and, and it was like the Super Bowl. It, it was loud. It was a great environment. Uh, but the, the travel is, is the main issue, obviously. Everybody recognizes yeah. that. You know, it's funny because I was going to ask you about the vibe in the stadium. You're used to what a Paul Brown Stadium crowd is like. You know typically what a road environment is like. This was a neutral in- environment. It had to be a little bit of a weird vibe. Well, this was a home game, supposedly. Yes, yes, <laughs> right. yes. Um, but besides the, the Bengals uh, getting introduced and, and called out, you know, the offense, and I guess they had uh, Bengals banners, you know, there was as many chance of defense when we were on offense as you can imagine. <laughs> um, but, no, the vibe was great. Uh, again, they were eager to see it. Um, it's one of two games that they get to see all year. So for, for that population, you know, it's all they look forward yeah. to. Uh, again, it, it's probably more an experience than it is a ball game for them. Um, you know, the, the stadium was, was great. Obviously, it's not built for football, as Laugh will tell you, with his broadcast booth or the coaches' right. boxes right. or whatever. But, you know, you get out on the grass and the stadium kind of goes straight up, and it, it's a beautiful place. It, it is. It really, really is. It, it's, it's a heck of a stadium. I uh, broadcast uh, games over there for NFL Europe at Old Wembley, and it was only like maybe 50,000. And they tore it down, same site, built this, and was up like, you know, in the mid-'80s for football. And I get up even more than that uh, for, for soccer, approach 100,000. It's, it's a heck of a facility, there's no doubt. I know you, you mentioned that you were – coaching at the college collegiate level and then you know get into the national football league and initially you went into the scouting aspect of it now back into the coaching that that's not the normal path but would you recommend it i mean now going through what you went through and and kind of uh seeing the the nfl business and multi-levels and layers do you think overall that's a very positive experience for you oh yeah i can't tell you how blessed i am to have seen the things that i've seen now is it is it normal no right can everybody do it no right um did i get incredibly fortunate yes and, and that's never lost on me I, I know how lucky i am to be where i am but uh to to start at a one double a school mm-hmm. and have to worry about budget and uh, when you recruit, what kind of rental car you can have. Right. And all the things that go along with 1AA football and then get a chance to go to the SEC and kind of see the other side of it and then come in and just scout and, and see colleges and, you know, take a back seat and see how things are run and done at, at major programs and then to keep moving up in the coaching ranks has been great. Uh, here in Cincinnati, uh, it, it's in, the coaches are involved in the draft process, as, you, as you're aware maybe more so than in a lot of other organizations. So your experiences in, the, in the strictly the scouting area of it has to be a big plus for you, you know? I mean, it's almost like having another scout, another set of eyes from a scouting standpoint that knows exactly how that department works and all the intricacies of that and applying it to the coaching staff. I mean, that's got to be a big plus, isn't it? Uh, yeah, I think so. You know, I think Duke does a phenomenal job. And- Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car, before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. In getting uh, people's opinions, you know, it, it doesn't matter who you are. If you have an opinion, voice it, and let's talk about it. Uh, I think that's the only way to grow both as a staff and as a team is to have different views of opinion so you're not yeah. kind of living in monotony down the middle. And, you know, it, that part has been great. You know, I understand how to write a report. I understand how to travel. I understand how to rank players. I did that. I live that. I, I know that. Um, so to, to have that and, and to help, you know, this year, new coaches that, that, that come in that aren't used to going to pro days or aren't used to being as involved in the process, it's all I know. And, and honestly, I think it's the best thing going. Now, I'm biased because I've done it both sides of it. Right. But to, to know a player that you're going to draft, uh, to watch games on them, to go work them out, you know, to, to have the different experiences with the combine or, or the all-star games with them, you know, it, it gives you a, more of a sense of uh, relief, for la lack of a better word. It's always going to be a gamble. It's always going to be a crapshoot. It doesn't matter who you are. Some people are going to work great. Some people aren't. It's just the nature of the business. Um, but I, I think we do a great job. Re real quick, it, it, the uh, coaches, to get involved like that, they're the ones that have to live with them, though, right? I mean, so. Correct. Correct. Anytime you're dealing with somebody, you know, for, I don't know, nine hours a day. Right. Um, if, if it's oil and water, it's going to be like that. Right. So yeah. if, if you have a bad opinion about somebody, make it known. You know, if you can live with them, that's great. If he's a great player and you can't live with him, maybe they'll have a new coach. <laughs> right, exactly. Good stuff. Rob Levinson hanging out with us in this hour. It's uh, the Holy Grail Banks, the site for Bengals Line, presented by Bud Light on 700 WLW. <laughs> 700 WLW Bengals Live from the Holy Grail Banks, presented by Bud Light, Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. We'll do it till 9. We have prizes to give away before we're done. Kyle Kasky will join us in the uh, 7 o'clock hour, and Dave has cards. Yes, sir. It's time for McDonald's Pounder Play Recap at the 6 minute 58 second mark of the third quarter. Jake Fisher reports his sixth offensive lineman, Jeremy Hill. Takes the ball left end, one-yard touchdown run behind pulling guard Clint Bowling, who logged the outside linebacker into the end zone, goes Jeremy Hill, who's a touchdown machine. It's a pound of play recap brought to you by McDonald's. Download the McDonald's app, and when the Bengals rush for over 100 yards or more in any game, you can receive a free McDonald's quarter pounder with cheese the following day on the app. McDonald's, I'm loving it, and the Bengals rushed yesterday, by the way, for 152 yards on 36 lugs. And uh, Jeremy Hill on the season now is averaging five yards a carry. Mike's car wash, defensive pass rush stats. This one didn't work out so well. Got to get two sacks. Only got one yesterday. But Bengals fans, anytime the Bengals defense records two sacks during a game, you can save six bucks on an ultimate wash at Mike's Car Wash. The following day, Mike's will also donate $1 from your purchase to the Marvin Lewis Community Fund. So far, Mike's Car Wash has donated $8,402 to the Marvin Lewis Community Fund. Mike's Car Wash, official car wash of the Cincinnati Bengals. You win, $6 off. Marvin's uh, Lewis's Community Fund wins with a dollar donation, pushing 8500 bucks. That's a win-win deal right there. Can't beat that. Rob Livingston, Bengals secondary coach, hanging out with us uh, for a few more minutes in this hour. I've always been fascinated by the scouting process. Uh, explain to those l listening, the, the talk about the region you were responsible for and what the life of a scout is like. 
Um, well, I do the southeast, so primarily the uh, SEC, ACC, if you think of a map, kind of the bottom quarter yep. of the country, into Texas. And uh, here is different than most places, as has already been noted. So uh, we had four guys at that point that did the whole country and one guy that kind of went over the top. So you're responsible for all those schools in your area, and uh, you work them. You work the seniors. Uh, you go visit them. You look at them. I mean, it, it's everything that, that you think. It's uh, life on the road. Yeah. Um, I used to travel for three weeks at a time. Then I'd come wow. back to Cincinnati for three days and then fly back out. Um, and it was uh, it was a long season. You know, you'd be out for a total of three and a half months. You come back. Wow. Um, you'll meet in December. Then uh, you'll go to some all-star games in January. Then you have the combine in February. All the underclassmen come out. You have to do all those guys. There's a lot in the SEC and ACC, as you know. And then you get ready for pro days, which are in March and going now to the first part of April. And then the draft is at the end of April. And if you're a scout, then you take a rest for a month, and then you do it all over again. You know, the other places are, are much bigger, so uh, areas are smaller. Uh, with that being said, in other places, if you're a scout there, you're less involved. You, you don't live in your city. I lived in Cincinnati. I came to work when I was here. I knew what was going on. Yeah. You know, practices were sent to my iPad. Um, you know, when I was scouting and helping out on game day, obviously I was wearing a couple different hats. So that, that was a different feel. Um, but, uh, you know, the guys that we have now, I think, do a great job. You know, we hired Mike Potts two years ago. Mike just moved here to Cincinnati. He does my old area, uh, the southeast. Uh, Steve Radicevich does the west coast. And uh, Bill Tobin does kind of a little bit of everything. You know, Bill is, is one of my best friends and kind of mentors and does kind of the middle of the country for us uh, and kind of the top players. Yeah. And Duke kind of leads it all and, and sees them all and uh, makes a list. And, and you get your list in the spring and you go from there. That's, uh, that, is, that is a heck of a life. Yeah. You, make, you make relationships, though, when you're the places that you are uh, for as long as you you know as you are, and all the coaches that you meet, and you go back and see them again and again and again, pretty soon again that all important word trust level starts to increase, and you start sharing information that maybe you know if he doesn't know another guy quite as well, you know it, it, obviously it's all about relationships and building trust and everything else, just like anything else, right? Yeah, I was very fortunate uh, in my first year to have come from the SEC, so I knew all these guys. Uh, you know, we had been in conventions together. We had been at the uh, SEC media day, all that kind of stuff. So, you know, we had a different relationship. Um, so I was very lucky that way. Now, as is common in college football, there was some turnover. Right. So when that happens, you know, you kind of got to find the next guy. Um, you know, usually it's a young guy on the staff that is intrigued by being a scout, to be candid. Uh, so you bring them some, you know, McDonald's biscuits and you try to make a friend. <laughs> right. Uh, right. And, you know, when you go there one time a year and then you go back in the spring – um, if you send them a note during the season or, or whatever, just to try to stay somewhat on yeah, top of things, yeah. it's uh, it is. It's it, you know, colleges obviously have to recruit high schools, and you know, the NFL has to look in colleges. And mm -hmm. it's uh, as you said before the break, if you can play, that's great. But if you got to be able to learn, you got to be able to retain knowledge. You got to be able to function both on the field and off. Obviously now it, things are much different in the league, both on the field and off. Right. So it, it, if you don't have that, then you know you, you're wasting your time, you're wasting your money, you're wasting your investment into a player with a selection in the draft. Let's do a quick timeout. Come back, wrap things up. Rob Livingston with us from the uh, sure. Holy Grail Banks Bengals line, presented by Bud Light, 700 WLW. 
Closing in on 7 o'clock. News time coming up in two minutes. Two minutes. Then in the uh, 7 o'clock hour, Kyle Kasky, running backs coach for the Bengals, will take us uh, till 8 o'clock. And then uh, Lap and I will recap what took place yesterday. And we'll hand you off to Rocky Boyman tonight from 9 to midnight. The hour flew. Our time is up. Uh, we enjoyed this. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Well, thanks so much for having me. Yeah, really just appreciate one, it. One yeah. quick question. The greatest player that you wrote up as a scout, you were in the SEC, the ACC. What guy comes to mind? It's like, man, when you wrote that report, you couldn't say enough good things. Um, the greatest at the time was right. probably uh, Jadavian Clowney. Really? Yeah. yeah. Now, I'm also embarrassed to tell you that one of the greatest at the times was uh, a lot of guys that haven't made it, whether it be RG3 yep. or Trent Richardson yep, yep. or anybody. You know, you always bet on the favorite in horse racing. Sometimes yeah. they're not going to win. Right. And that, that's, uh, that's how it happens. Yeah. We enjoyed this. Thanks for hanging out yeah, with thank us you so much. Really How about it. Rob Livingston? Yeah, that was house. good stuff. That was fun. The natty. One hour in the books. Uh, Kyle is up next. We'll get a check on news. It's Bengals Line, presented by Bud Light at the Holy Grail Banks. On the home of the best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. This is Bengals Line. Let's talk football. On the Bengals Radio Network. Let's talk football. Presented by Bud Light, live at the Holy Grail. Brought to you by Bud Light. Raise one to right now. The Holy Grail, home of Bengals Line. Touchdown, Bengals! This is 700 WLW, the home of the best Bengals coverage. And away we go. Hour number two unfolding 706 on 700 WLW. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, Bengals Line, presented by Bud Light. We do it till 9 o'clock tonight. We thank Rob... Uh, Livingston for hanging out with us in our first hour. Enjoyed that conversation. And Dave, can I welcome in our special guest in hour number two? Absolutely. Let's do it. Seventh year on the Bengals staff. How about that? I think he's my favorite. And I don't say that just because he's sitting here. <laughs> he is in charge of the running backs. He is Kyle Kasky, everybody. Yeah. All right. Thanks for having me. Yeah, appreciate you. Appreciate you. I'll be your favorite anytime. <laughs> <laughs> What to, let, let's get the emotion of yesterday out of the way. What, how does a what's it like sitting on a plane flying back for eight and a half hours after you have tied a football game? It's never fun sitting on a plane for eight and a half hours, but <laughs> much less uh, after you've tied a football game that you really had every right to win. And at the same time, we're pretty lucky to tie it. Right. Time. So, right. you know, there's certain things you do when you get on a plane for eight and a half hours. And I, I decided I was going to try to sleep and I didn't. And so I just watched movies and uh, tried to get all, tried to get my mind off of it. And it, it's it's a it's a tough thing to swallow when you go over there and, and you you really don't come away with what you know you should have come away with. And uh, we just gotta you know regroup and and come back and play the way we know we can play because we haven't played this year in, at any phase how we know we can play. And, and we all know that. And we're gonna get it. We're gonna get this thing righted. And, and it just uh, it takes a little time sometimes, but we'll, we'll get it going. So when you watch the tape today, the players weren't in today, but the players come in tomorrow. After watching the tape, what are you going to tell, what do you think is going to be told to the players as a group and to your guys, how are you going to handle your guys specifically? With my guys specifically, it goes to the things that we've been talking about all year, about when you get the ball in your hands, you go north. And when you have a chance to make a play, you make a play. And I thought that the backs did a good job this week of, of running the ball. I, we averaged uh, almost five yards a carry this week. Yep. And uh, it's when, when you when you have a team like Washington this week that blitzed you on almost every third down with uh, with their dime backer, and uh, Gio Bernard really took care of that. And he did. He did a, did a really good job of uh, making sure that our quarterback was taken care of from that aspect. And He's stout. 
you know, you just got to point out the positives, but then we got to look at the things that we got to improve on, and it's breaking tackles and, and making getting those getting more big runs and, and making things happen so we're not in third down situations. Last three weeks, I added this up today, Kyle. 98 carries, 543 yards on the ground, five and a half yards per carry. That's pretty damn good. What's been the difference over the last three weeks? Just taking care of business, doing it the right way, not trying to make every run an 80-yard run. Yeah, yeah. Right. just going because if you look at the runs that we have, it's it'll be one, two, nine, two, twelve, four, six, eight, zero, twelve, and it, but. They all add up, and yep. they've just got to know that after a while, those things are going to add up, and they're going to be five and a half yards a carry. And, and if you average five and a half yards a carry in, in the National Football League, you're doing something really good. A good example, yesterday's, uh, yesterday's running game between uh, Jeremy and, and uh, Giovanni, 31 carries for 128 yards. The longest run was 12 yards. Each of them had a 12-yard carry. So you're, you're not just, you know, you're not hitting like that, 40 yard uh, and then having seven runs that were like you know uh, minus one two yards zero gain whatever you're, you're you're just getting that consistent grind going you're starting to grind it out pretty darn well yeah and and they really do take uh, they take pride in that and they get north after the cuts a lot better than they've been doing there were times and, and i know a lot of people talk about jeremy's second year about how he danced around a lot right. and we, he's not doing that, and right. there are times where there are times he has to stop. There was a, a play we ran yesterday where he had to come to a complete stop, make a cut, and then get going again, and he's still got about six, seven yards on it. Mm-hmm. That, that's where he's gotten better at. And then Geo on Geo's just Geo, so he goes out there. You could you could miss every block, and he'll make at least four people miss and probably get some yards. He's so. an effort guy, isn't he? That guy's an effort dude. He man. is. With uh, with the success Jeremy's had the last couple of weeks, is there? Do you notice a, a difference in in his confidence, in a bounce in his step, anything like that, or is Jeremy just Jeremy? This year, Jeremy is Jeremy. I, I would have worried a little bit about confidence in the past years, but this year he, he's the same guy every every week. And I tell people all the time that he's grown up so much after all the stuff that he had to go through last year with the way people said his running game was and then what happened in the playoff game and, and everything. He's a prideful young, young man, and he doesn't want to be told that he's – not the best and he he works every day to be the best at his craft and he really i'm not just saying that because i i work with him every day but he he comes every day to work and he's a totally different person this year and he's he's ready to get going and ready to be a pro you know tyler eifert everybody talks about tyler eifert coming back and and obviously an impactful uh football game targeted 12 times nine catches over 100 yards but what i liked when i saw tyler was being physical at the end of the line of scrimmage i mean that's when i'm like Okay, now he's now he's starting to feel good. He's starting to come back because that's where the rubber meets the road, you know. I mean, because yeah. that the, the stuff in the middle of the football field, he is so gifted, so naturally gifted at it. He can roll out of bed, you know, and catch ten balls for a hundred and whatever yards down the middle of the football field. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to. Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 
Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups, it's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Just control on the middle of the field, but what's he going to do in that running game at the end of the line of scrimmage? And I thought he, I thought he was pretty damn good yesterday, and and that to me was a hugely positive sign. And I mean, you guys against Cleveland, it was like they couldn't guess right. You know, you you cranking them in the running game, so they're starting to you know say to these linebackers a crowd, and then you throw it over their heads, and they're 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 backing off. It's like when you get the yin and yang going like that, you guys are tough. Yeah, and that's what Tyler brings to us. Tyler brings right. a, a, you know, a, a part to our offense that you say, okay, well, Tyler's on the field. Well, we're throwing the ball. Well, no, he played 76 plays yesterday or whatever it was. Well, we didn't throw the ball 76 times, so right. Right. you don't know. And and he will come out there and, and hit you right in the mouth. And, and and when he does that, I think it shocks some people sometimes, and, and they realize, hey, this guy is uh, is a lot tougher than, they think, than we think he is. Because really, Tyler is one of the tougher guys you'll see Unfortunately, he's had some injuries had to, ba- to battle through. But when you put him out there and he's healthy, shoot, you don't want to mess with him. The hit he took down the middle of the field on, oh. the, on the reception, I mean, I said to him after the game, I said, you know, this might sound stupid, but was that, was that contact, like, did you, did you love that? And I, I didn't love it. He goes, you know, it wasn't, wasn't pleasant, he said. But yeah. He said, I knew I was right. He said, you know, I felt like I was very confident in my ankle and my back, felt good about everything, so – that kind of that almost was like a validation hit, you know. Yeah. When he bounced up off of that, so. And a guy like that, when you when you have so much time off and you haven't been hit, right. and Then you only play 16 plays or whatever it was right. last week. Yeah, 15, I think. And, yeah. and, you, and you come back and you play that many plays, that that shows us that you know, hey, he's a tough guy and he's done everything he can. Because you don't play 76 plays, um, in, in a game. And, and not and you're not in shape. You can't do it. I thought I was shocked. I thought, okay, 15, maybe get ramp him up to 30, 35. It might take a few weeks to get up to where he's going. 76 plays, or, and he did it yesterday. I was shocked. Mm-hmm. I really was. I was shocked. No, he's 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 a special player. When you have a a dynamic duo like like Jeremy and Gio who can do different things and and they get X amount of carries each. In some places that might not work as well as it seems to work here, personality wise and acceptance wise. Why does it work so well here with those two? They respect each other, and they, they know that they're not the same guy. And, and they, they, they both understand, too, that in the National Football League, this, at, at this point in the National Football League, you can't be a one-back football team, that you have to have a couple guys to take the hits because these guys are hitting hard out there. And, you know, if you, if you run the ball 40 times a game, you're not going to last very long. And the, the, they know that they need to split the time. And, and really, they, they – enjoy it they enjoy each other if you if you watch every time one of them scores the other one runs out and they jump up and hip bump and yep uh, they really do um you know feed off each other so it's 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 a mutual respect i believe between the two of those guys i thought the balance was pretty good yesterday ran it 36 times through it 42 that's that's pretty decent and uh you know including overtime so you, you only had 20 snaps in the first half so in the second half in overtime yeah. man, you guys were busy yeah, it, it was a little shocking when I saw how many plays we had in the first half. I go into halftime, I've got a little sheet, and I'm like, <laughs> That's that it. can't be right. right. <laughs> and, but, and, and really, even even with that, uh, the numbers you just said, part of that's two-minute drills at the uh, right. end of the it, end of regulation and at the end of overtime. So right, right. We, were, we were very balanced, and 
I, I really believe that our, our guys are believing in both parts of our, of our offense, the pass and the run game, and that the linemen are really feeding off of it right now. They're, they're having a lot of fun out there, and now that we're having some success and, you know, people are starting to go, okay, you know, this is the Bengals' offensive line we know, and, and they, they really enjoy, especially when, you know, they, we can just go downhill at somebody and just really drive on some people. They're enjoying that. Yep. Let's take a timeout. Much more to get to. How about Kyle Kasky with us Sorry. tonight at hour number two for at the Holy Grail Banks Bengals line, presented by Bud Light, 700 WLW. Seven hundred WLW Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks. It's always presented by Bud Light, Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, and our special guest tonight, seventh year on the Bengals staff, the running backs coach Kyle Kasky hanging out with us. And who Bengals day? fans, who day? Make sure to tune in to Dan Horde, myself, Dave Lapham for Bengals game plan presented by Bud Light. Tune in to ESPN fifteen thirty on Wednesday from six to eight p.m. and Bengals fans on Fridays, make sure to join, join Dan Horde and myself, Dave Lapham, for Bengals Pep Rally presented by Miller Lite. There goes Emil Hillary up the street. <laughs> Live at a select Buffalo Wings and Rings <laughs> for, on Fridays from 3 to 6 p.m. This week, they'll be at the Finneytown location, or we will be at the Finneytown location. Check Bengals.com slash Pep Rally for more details. So we got those coming up for you, Bengals programming. Tell well us our um, special guest, Kyle Kasky. There you go. There you go. Um, Ryan Hewitt, what, uh, tell us about the, the mentality he brings to to your group, that, that room, and, and what he means. Ryan Hewitt's a special individual. For one, he's a Stanford guy. I mean, he, he's, a, he's as smart as they come, and he has better hair than anybody except yeah. for Jake Kumaro. <laughs> and he's, um, he has a toughness to him that, that not a lot of people have, and when you ask him to do something, whether or not he's getting the glory for it or not, he's going to go do it. And there's there's a lot of things that Ryan Hewitt does that I, the casual fan may not even see because he, he lead blocks. He We, we have um, all kinds of plays where just, you know, hey, th- th- this is their best player on defense. Ryan, go take care of him. And and he has no problem with it. So you just you, he just goes and he, he takes care of business and – that's why you you know it, it's unfortunate that you don't hear more about him because he really does do a good job for us. It's like, you know, when people say, well, the the first the second you start hearing about the offensive line, it means they're not doing something right because you know you you never hear about him. Well, it's like Ryan Hewitt, you don't hear about him, but he's doing his job all the time and he's really making he's opening holes for the backs and he's protecting for the quarterback and he's doing a great job. He uh, he is he's a team player in every every sense of the word. There's no question about that. It seems like. The last month, the way the running game has taken off, to the naked eye and and listen to guys as well, it seems like there was a a real true dedication to more physicality in practice. Am I right about that? Guys seem to like, all right, let, we got to start getting this done right. And it seemed like tempo and intensity picked up a little bit. Is that fair? Yeah, and, and I hate to say that we weren't doing that, but right. at the same time, I, I think we kind of learned after you know after our Thursday night game, we kind of had a little time to to sit back and look at things and. We, we, we said, you know what, let's reemphasize this and, and right. let, let's make sure that our run game is important to our offense and, and it has become important again and it it has shown and, and we, we really have. We spent time on, on Wednesdays and, and really Thursdays a little bit more and Wednesdays when we had the shoulder pads on of really taking it to guys and, and have, having that little pop in practice and, right. and, and really putting an emphasis on it. You mentioned the Thursday night game against Miami. You had a mini buy, you know, after that with those extra days, and that's when you decided, okay, let's go. Let's let's reemphasize this, do some basics, more fundamentals. 
what do you, the self scouting and everything that goes on during this bye week? What, what is that process like? What do you, what are you guys thinking about as a coaching staff as you approach the bye? A lot of the stuff we look at is what are we? What, what when when a defense looks at us, what what are we doing? Right. And it, we, are there tendencies to us? Are there things that you know what we we think we're doing well, but maybe we're not, or things that you know vice versa? And and we study, we, we, get, we break it up between coaches, and we say, okay, hey, you've got our short yardage. You've mm-hmm. got our mixed down passes. You've got our mixed down runs. You have, what have our turnovers been? What, have our, what about our red zone? And, and, and each coach has a different spot. And then we come together, and, and we say, oh, wow. So we're, we're doing, you know, whatever. We, you know, we've, you know, passed 95% of the time right. in the red zone. We didn't Maybe realize we should that. Run. Right. Or, you know, whatever it is. Or, hey. You know, uh, this this certain this certain player is is more effective in this spot. Then we need to we need to, you know, go that direction a little bit more. But there, there's a lot of things that we look at and, and we break it down, ju- just like you guys have seen on and all the stuff that you guys talk about. It's the it's the little stats that we we don't necessarily every week get a chance to look at because it's so time constrained during the week because we got to go look at the opponent. Right. So this is a chance for us to go. Okay, here we are. What about us? Let's yeah. break us down. <laughs> right. And and, do, and and pretend like we're playing us this week, and and let's go let's go do a scout on us as if we're you know we're the defense that's playing us. Mm-hmm. Has much changed dur- during the week in implementing the, the the game plan, preparing and then implementing the game plan. Has much changed from Hugh doing it to Ken doing it, and the the communication and dialogue that you have with Ken compared to Hugh. You know that those two are they're different personalities, and and that's fine. That's just how people are. Jay was a different personality yeah. than you when he came in, and yeah. and, and, and every, everybody knows that. And, but you know, I think uh, I think what Ken does does well is Ken knows he knows football. He knows offensive football. He knows how to break down a defense, and he knows how to find their tendencies and, and where their weaknesses are. And his communication to us is you know he, he's he's a very cerebral guy and. Uh, Hugh, not you know, not saying he's not, but Hugh, Hugh was a very aggressive personality, and and Kenny is more of a, you know, hey, let's talk this through personality, and, mm-hmm. and it just you, it, it's different, you know, different personalities is not a big big thing. It just you just got to know how to communicate, and yeah. we, we communicate well with Coach Zampezi's been here for a long time, and we've all been with him for a long time, and it's it, it's easy for it's an easy transition for us. Yeah. How? You're you're a people person. I mean, you're an outgoing guy. You're a likable guy. Everybody everybody uh, likes Kyle Kasky, don't they? So how do you when you when you're every player is different. Every player's personality is different. I think that's probably one of your better strengths is amongst many strengths, by the way, is you know okay, well this is this guy's hot button. This one, eh, you know it's not this he he's different. This is that. Do you feel like that that's how you can uh, establish relationships? And, and get the best out of guys in that way. Yeah, I think I think if you can find the the hot buttons for each guy, but don't don't ever try to put yourself in a position where I'm telling you to do this. Yeah. You know, I'm I'm as a coach, my my job is, when I was hired was I'm, I need to bring something to these players that makes them better. And as long as they believe that I'm giving them something that makes them them better, that they'll they'll respect what I have to say. But then. The next step is exactly what you said, is how do you communicate that and how do you handle it? You know, during practice, have fun. You know, I, I'm not it's – a, it's a game we play. Right. Yeah, it's a job. But at the same time, there's a there's a, a balance of let's get our work done. But yet, you know what, it's not just work. Let's let's go out and have fun with it. I mean, we're, 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 we're out here all the time with each other. We're around each other way too much. And, <laughs> and we need to find a way to – 
you know, <laughs> ma ma make things a little bit, you know, lighter at times. And, you know, it, it is uh, – but, but you got to get to know your players. And that, my group is great. I don't have any issue with any of the guys when it comes to personality because there, there are no issues in the personality room in, in my room. They, they, they're great guys, and they all want to win, and, and they, they'll do whatever they need to get done to, to do that. You can see a, a big picture because you've played you played tight end. You've coached other positions. How much does that help to incorporate into what you're doing with the running backs that you've seen it from other angles and views? It's kind of it, it's a it's good to have coached on the defensive side of the ball if you're an offensive coach at some point in your career because you can always go this is what they're looking at, you know. Right. Hey, you, you lined up a little deeper than you should have, or. Uh, you know, you only carry the ball in this arm and, or whatever. Now, yeah. you know, that's why I coach my guys to carry the ball in both arms. But you, you got to find a, you got to find things that, you know, these defensive coaches are looking for that. You know, if, if you're scared to go pass block, they're looking for that. And they're going to come attack you, you know, and, and it's good to have that, that experience in, in the background. And my playing experience, I was more of a fullback kind of guy. So it's, you know, I enjoy the, the downhill, you know, busting head yeah. type of, type of football. So, uh, you know, I, I I can relate to Hewitt more with that than I can with uh, Gio right. and his right. scat back stuff. But it's you know having that background does help. You know, to a man, every every running back that I've spoken with, every single one that you've had, have said that they come out of working with you a better blitz pickup blocker type guy. Because um, a lot of these guys have the natural ability. You know, you you, ha you have to have some sort of natural talent to be a running back some some stuff is coachable some stuff's not but the, the blue collar dirty work stuff uh that, that the players all say man i come out of that process a much better football player after uh, being around coach caskey well i did have four years with the offensive line here too so that, right. that that had a little bit to do with it but again a lot of these guys when they come out of of college now it's all spread offense and they don't ever pass block you literally you can watch an entire Right. Just I'm just going to throw Auburn out there. You can throw, watch an entire Auburn game, and their running back doesn't block one person in pass protection the entire game. They'll, they'll play action and go run to the flat, but they, they're not in it. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. you bring these guys in, and, and they don't know how to do it, and they don't, they've never had to do it. So when you get a guy running full speed at you who's 250 pounds, how do you handle that? You know, you get Lawrence Timmons running at you, you know, full speed. It's a little, it's, it's a little intimidating. Sure. But you know, just just having those guys learn how to use low low body, you know, low pad level, low to high. You know, it's almost like doing a squat. I always tell them, you know, blocking a guy is like doing a squat. If if once you get under him, you just squat that guy up and you get mm -hmm. your hands inside and, and you're doing a squat. A lot of those guys want to go in there and just throw their shoulder and that they're going to miss every time. So, right. Right. you know, that's the things I emphasize and and I, I take pride in the fact that. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Full work limited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen, Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. 
online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. A guy like Gio yesterday, you know, took on Sua Cravens 25 times yesterday. I'm I'm making that number up, but it was pretty close to it. And he, you know, he, he never touched the quarterback. Yeah, he, he was he was great. In fact, um, I remember one of the passes to Eifert. He just he stoned him, and uh, and that that kid, he's the one that when he came out there, like, okay, that's a Buchanan type guy playing, you know, inside linebacker slash safety or you know, a hybrid kind of guy. They thought Cravens was that kind of guy out of USC. You know, they a lot of people projected him to be that kind of guy. Buchanan that plays with the Arizona Cardinals. So I mean, this kid, uh, this kid's a physical guy. But uh, Geo man. I, I, I love that guy, his work ethic, and, and, man, he gives – he's just one of those guys that seems to relish every snap, every opportunity, because he gives you everything he's got, doesn't he? Yeah, and, and, you know, people give him a hard time. It's funny because we I had some friends come out to training camp, and they brought their uh, 10-year-old daughters out, and I had them go walk up to him and go, you know, I'm almost as tall as you. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, but he's a, he's a guy. He, he's, you know, he's one of those things that – he, he plays a lot bigger than he is. Yep. And, uh, you know, that that never deters him from taking on anybody. And I guarantee you if, if, if there was a if, if there was a, a fight happening in an alley, uh, you know, I'd take Gio on my side any day because mm-hmm. he, he's, he, he, he's not just scrappy. He knows what he's doing. And <laughs> he's had a, you know, everybody knows his backstory. I mean, he's he's overcome a lot, in him and his family. And, and they, you know, that's not something that just everybody does. Yep. Let's take a timeout. Much more to get to. How about Kyle Kasky, everybody? Sir. Check on news and we'll roll on. Bengals line presented by Bud Light at the Holy Grail Banks. On the home of your best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. Thirty-six seven hundred WLW Bengals line for the Holy Grail Banks. It's presented by Bud Light. We do it every Monday night. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, and Kyle Kasky, Bengals uh, running backs coach, kind enough to hang out with us in this hour number two tonight. We've talked about a lot of your guys in that uh, in that meeting room. I don't want to leave out Rex Burkhead. What does a uh, jack of all trades guy like Rex Burkhead mean to that group? Well, he has the shiniest head of the group. Uh, <laughs> no, he, he's a. Uh, He's, he might be the hardest worker on the team, and, and he's one of those guys that, you know, he hadn't gotten a whole lot of opportunity to run the ball and, and be a part of actual the running back position as much as special teams, but he's done a, a really, really good job. He's every, every week he's into it. If, if we had to put him in, we'd put him in, and, and he's played a little bit. He played, uh, mm-hmm. unfortunately, I guess he played one play yesterday. I think that was it, but we're, we're trying to get him more involved in that, and he's a uh, He's ready to go, and he's he's the type of guy that can do the things on third down that that Geo can do. He can he can get out there, and, and then uh, I guess two weeks ago when Jer- when we pulled Jeremy out because of his shoulder, we we put him in on third and one, and he got 11 yards, and he yep. drove a guy about eight yards. So yep. he's he's tough. I tell you, uh, I, I think at his position, he may have as as much value as, as anybody has at that position in the league. I mean, he fills his role with the Bengals about as any as well as anybody fills their role with any team, doesn't he? Oh yeah, and, and if 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 it came down to it, I'd have no problem putting him in in any any situation on right. offense. And, and totally he, accountable. Oh, he'd take care of business and yeah. he does everything right now since Sed Pierman got hurt early in the year. He's he's come in and take a, taken over, I believe, almost everything that Sed was doing yeah. on special teams and and has been really good. I mean, he 
He slammed a guy yesterday on he a sure kickoff. Did. Oh my goodness! He picture he, perfect. I, I, there's a picture on the Enquirer that today that I saw that they he had him like in the air about to dump him. Yeah. And, I mean, it was pretty unbelievable. Speaking of pictures, you had a uh, a picture on your uh, on your Instagram account a while back the Dallas game. You had a family photo down on the field, yeah, yeah. which was a I, I know it meant a lot to you. What, what, describe that scene. How many family members did you have there for that? I had 11 family members there. Uh, I had uh, I had uh, my my wife obviously. Then I had my mom and dad. I had my sister, her husband, my brother and his son. Uh, I had. Uh, Kayla's mom, Kayla's brother, Kayla's brother's son, my nephew. So they wow. were, we were all out there. It was, uh, it was, it was fun. It, we don't ever get our group together that often, and for us to have everybody, almost everybody, together at one spot was 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 really special to me. And I'm glad that we got the picture taken like that because, yeah. you know, and growing, I yeah, I have to admit, I grew up a Cowboys fan, and and that that game was hard on me because I I, I wanted that game yeah. really badly and. But the fact that we got to see all our family was, was, was really great. Speaking of family, is it okay? No? Okay. Well. Not yet. <laughs> not yet. I got you. <laughs> what was the um, – and I, I saw you tweeted earlier about uh, just the, the, the atmosphere and the fans in London. I know you had some interactions with them. What was, uh, what was that like? Oh, the, I'll tell you what, the, the fans that were over there, I, a lot of them, the, the ones I was around were from here, but then the ones that were – uh, from England or Europe that, that we got to meet were amazing. I mean, they were so into it. They, they had no clue what was going on in the football game. I, I had one guy, I was trying to explain to him football, and I said, you know, so we have, we, we have the ball and we're going on offense, but we can't put the ball on the ground or throw it to them because it's a turnover and they get the ball. And he goes, so how many balls do you guys have? Is it like, is it like capture the flag where if you get all their balls and the game's over? I said, oh, no. Uh, we, they give the ball back to us. It has our logo on it. They do give it back to us. But it, no, they, I'll tell you, we, we went to a, a place, the Admiralty. Yes. Um, that uh, was something. Dave was there. And then we, we went down uh, downtown. We, we had a chance to take the team to Tower Bridge, and we, we had a, a little uh, dinner there for them. And then we all kind of dispersed, and we went over in there. They took over this whole bar. And it was just amazing to be in the middle of London. You're in central London, and here's Bengals logos everywhere, Big Bengals turnout. fans Big everywhere. Who days running around, Lapham's running around, and <laughs> yeah, right. and and it was uh it was it was a it was the energy that those people have uh, over there just for just to have fun and just the fact that we were coming over there and and they really were welcoming to us. We went on Saturday night. Uh, marketing people took some partners. We went over to uh, uh, Tower of London where, I mean, queens that uh, had committed adultery or incest or whatever, and there was a litany of them, and they were all imprisoned here, and, and uh, get prisoners were put in the rack, you know, and they're, it, it was unbelievable taking a tour of this place. Wow. I, and, and they, the suit of armors for all the, all the, uh, all the knights and the kings and the jousts. I mean, these jousts were like, I don't know, two tons. These things were massive. Big old swords. Uh, the Queen's jewels were all over the place. It, it was it crown was, jewels. Crown jewels. There you go. It was all. It was. It was amazing to watch. It you know those aren't the real ones, it. right? They're not. They're no, fake. That, those are, that, that's a replica. The real ones are in some vault somewhere because they didn't believe that you can put that much in one spot and it not get stolen. I think they're right. Yeah. I think that's a good call by them. But it, it was. I mean, looking at some of that stuff was impressive. And I, I was. I was shocked. They had a video of the Queen in, at her inauguration. I mean, she was like 
I think they said 27 years old. Wow. And it, she was good looking. Good she? looking. I was yeah. stunned. I was like, wow, check out the queen. Now I can see why she's the queen. I, I had a time in my life I was good looking, and then yeah, right. The, the, the great, the gray hair started creeping <laughs> in like the queen, and you know, it just all went downhill from there. On that note, we'll take a time. <laughs> Seven forty-two at the Holy Grail Banks Bengals line, presented by Bud Light on Seven Hundred WLW. <laughs> 45-700-WLW, Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks, Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, Bengals running backs coach Kyle Kasky, and Cards. Yes, be here for our primetime matchup against the Pittsburgh Steelers on our New Year's Day showdown against the Baltimore Ravens. Two game packages are on sale right now to see these AFC North Division rivals. Claim your place in the jungle because it's not the same if you're not at the game. And the Buffalo Bills are coming to Paul Brown Stadium on November 20th. Big Al just won tickets tonight. Single-game tickets are available right now. Claim your place in the jungle by visiting Bengals.com for more details because it's not the same if you're not at the game. Kyler, are you okay with ending football games in ties? Is there another way to do it? Is there a better way to do it, or is it is it injury risk? Uh, what, what, are, what are the factors? I would agree with the injury risk. I don't think you'll ever get a second overtime. I don't think you'll ever get that. It, it should come down to almost like soccer does you, you go into penalty kicks or something and you you give each kicker you go okay we're gonna kick 50 yarders then you kick a 55 yarder then you kick a 60 yarder or something find a way to make it make it where you you you, you got to win the game somehow or another uh you know I, I i don't think you could say go to the college overtime after the first overtime but that might work you right. never know that's what i was thinking Just, or, or say or say you each get you each get a two-point conversion it's tied okay Coin flip, two-point conversion, who goes first, you know, or whatever. And, you know, uh, just find a way to, yeah. to do it. And there's got to be a way to do it. But, I, you know, it's the rules of the rules now. And, unfortunately, um, you know, we, we, we end in ties. And I've been part of two of them. And I'll, I'll be honest with you, they, they feel like just as bad as losses. And uh, anybody that says a, a, a tie is, is better than a win or better than a loss is totally wrong. It's not. <laughs> and it doesn't feel that way. I, you know, they still have that mark at the old three-yard line where they used to snap the ball for the extra point. What about putting the ball right there and say, all right, first first one that can punch it in from the three-yard line, you're the winner. You can do that, or, or you, you you tell your you, each team gets to choose their best player, and they line them up on the 40-yard line, and they put the ball right in the middle, and whoever gets it like old-school dodgeball. Right, ball. right, right. Old dodge exactly. Ball. You know, find a way to get it done. Bull, bull in the ring. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I do, do want to – I found out there's some people in back in uh, back in Britain um, that are listening to us right now. Really? And it's Paul, and uh, it's the Bengals UK. Oh yeah. And, and all them. Yeah, they're all they're over there. They said they were going to be listening tonight. Cool. So I just wanted to say hi if they are listening. But they were awesome to us. They they did a great job for us over there. Yeah, I tell you what, there's, there's some there's some uh, there's some serious Bengal fans over there, and they've been Bengal fans for a while. There's no doubt about it. I had a, a member of that, that group, Tim Knowles, on the show on Sports Talk uh, last week, so he's probably listening. Hello, he, uh, Tim, and, and thanks for your thanks for your help last week. I actually week. had a chance to uh, have some communication with him. So uh, he's uh, he, the Bengal Bomb Squad that does yes, their tailgating yes. out here. The, um, my wife does some, some stuff with it. She goes and hangs out with them and tailgates with them. So uh, they kind of worked me into introducing to him. So he's a good guy, too. Yeah. Yeah. It was fun. I, that trip, I mean, logistically, it's a nightmare. There's no question. But in terms of people and the way that everybody was treated, you know, once we got there, you can't 
say anything but very positive things. It was a great experience in that regard. You know, I got a feeling it was like when, when FC Cincinnati started here and, and just the American crowd took to the, the soccer. Yep. You know, it was almost like that. It was like it was something that you you knew was a big deal, but you may not know a lot about it, but you want to be a part of it. Yeah. And, and yep. it was they, they were they were they were pretty amazing at that. Take one final timeout, come back, wrap things up. Kyle Kasky, our guest, Bengals Live from the Holy Grail Banks on Sir. 700 WLW. Moving in on 8 o'clock news time in six minutes. Six minutes. Kyle Kasky hanging out with us for the final segment in this hour. Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks. I've asked you this about this before, and we kind of brought it up with, with Rob in the last hour. He's he's viewed this profession from various levels, different for different angles. You you at one point were involved. It was offensive quality control, was it not? It was, yeah. I don't think many people understand what all that involves. Explain, A lot of work. Yes, I, <laughs> so I don't think they appreciate what it involves. Controlling the quality does have a lot of aspects to it, and uh, number one is you, you have to deal with Sandy Schick. Oh, man. <laughs> and if, if you don't understand what dealing with Sandy Schick is, <laughs> it, 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 it can it, she can make That's your life girl. great or she can make your life miserable. It just depends on what she feels like doing on the day. But no. <laughs> anyway, no, but so. Hi, Carter, Sandy. Hi, Sandy. We, we love you, Sandy. Uh, no, but we, so what, what it is with offensive quality control, defensive quality control, you handle all the, the video breakdowns of, of the opposing defenses. You handle all the offensive self-scout breakdowns, all the info that's put in to our system, cut-ups. Uh, you deal with drawing the plays, so all, all the playbooks that are put together from week to week. Uh, you, know, you know, either you, you draw the runs, draw the passes, copy and paste from previous weeks, whatever it is. Get the playbook stuff together. Then you handle – all the – you know the sheets that the, the coaches hold on the sidelines. You, you create those. You call print, sheets. Yeah, call sheets. You print those. You make sure that the, the all the information is, is correct because when, when the coordinator goes to call the play, it has to be the right play that's on there. Because trust me, I, I've been around some people before that have – the call sheets haven't been correct. And, and it's oh. unfortunate because the, the guy goes to call the play and you're like, that's not right. And, oh. and it's backwards or it's not and, – and, and and you can't allow that at this level, and and, and it's been uh, it's it's a it's a very thankless job at yeah. times, but it's probably the most important job because none of us can do our jobs without that job being done first. You're involved in every aspect of it. I mean, you, yeah. you're basically the the first brick of the foundation is what it boils down to, right? People don't realize that you know there's there's breakdowns being done four or five weeks in advance right. on teams that right. you know so on Mondays. The, the media will walk by sometimes and, you know, they'll see some coaches working on, you know, Buffalo or something and they'll be like, well, we're playing, we're, you know. We're- hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. 
That's managementconcepts.com. Playing Washington this week. I understand that, but we got we have to work ahead, or we we can't get to a point tomorrow where I can just concentrate on Washington. And it's it's a it's a job that that teaches you a lot because you do get to learn offense, you do get to learn how things are are done within a system. And, and by the time you become a position coach or even a coordinator, head coach, you you appreciate the things that happen on the lower levels because if you if you've never done that, you don't appreciate it. You yeah, don't understand yeah. how it gets done. And it's a it's a it's an eye-opening experience the first time you have to do it but it's a it's a good experience when and how did the coaching bug bite um it kind of bit me when i was born because my dad was a head high school coach right. in texas so right. it, it, an successful one yeah and he was at a&m consolidated which is the big uh, 5a school in college station where texas a&m is and uh, he uh, actually he was funny we ran into andy in um i guess in dallas we ran to andy uh, sunday morning before the game and he walks over to him. He goes, you know, I, I, when I was coaching the AIM Consolidated, I coached against Katie, and you weren't even born yet. <laughs> so, yeah. and that, Katie's where Andy went yeah, to high school. Right. So it, it, it hit me there. But I tried to – I fought it a little bit. I, I went to New York City and tried to do sales for a little bit after college and uh, ran out of money, and my dad talked some sense into me and just, uh, you know, I've had some lucky breaks to get me to where I'm at, and it's, I'm, I'm glad I did what I did. No doubt. And you have uh, you have politics in your background, do you not? Didn't a little, a little bit. I, yep. I spent a week in John Boehner's That's office. That's what it was. Yeah. Doing, uh, I, I felt I was a fellow. Yes. In John Boehner's office, but no bug there. Didn't, yeah. Didn't uh, bite you, stick with you, or anything? You know. I, or you want to be a senator someday? No. I'll tell you what. If if I really wanted to, I guarantee you I could win this presidential election right now if I decided to run for it. <laughs> well, y'all don't think so? Hillary just, no, drove, think Hillary just drove by. Right, y'all should have right. followed her if y'all you know. No, but it's uh, – I don't know. I, I, I find so much interest in the, the, way, the way the government's run, and, and I, I believe that there's a, a better way to do things, and – if I ever had the chance to, I'd, I'd love to be able to run for office, but it, it would take a lot of uh, a lot of success at what I'm doing right now to build to that point. And so I'm just concentrated on this right now. So you want to do this uh, at the highest level? I mean, obviously, everybody, when you get into a, a profession of choice, you want to get get to the highest point that you possibly can. Head coaching aspirations? I mean, is that is that something that ultimately, at whatever level, being a head coach is something you really like to try to do? Yeah, that's why I do this. I'm, right. I'm doing this to build myself to a point where somebody will hire me as a head coach and, and say, hey, I want you to run the entire program. Right. I trust you with the fact that you'll hire the right coaches, the fact that you'll bring in the right players, and the fact that you, you'll make sure the right schemes are run. And, and that's – I take everything I've learned from everybody, even even guys I haven't necessarily worked directly with, like, like Mike Zimmer. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and Polly Gunther and those guys that are doing all this stuff right now. I, you know, I watch what they do on on defense, and uh, I, I take notes on those things. And, and even guys like like James Urban, who's our receivers coach, he hasn't been a coordinator yet. But man, I take a lot of notes from that guy. And, and the guys that I've worked for, Hugh, even Bob Brakowski, Jay Gruden, and Kenny. You know, I've, I've worked for four different coordinators. Okay, real quick, real quick, because because we have to jump. Name me one guy besides the NFL experience. Who was your mentor? That kept you on the right track in your coaching uh, career. Kept me on the right track. Kim, uh, or or got you going. Who's your first mentor? Kim Dameron. He's the head coach at yeah. Eastern Illinois right now. Okay. And he was my defensive coordinator that I worked for at ULM as a GA, 
and he took me to Ole Miss as a, a, a defensive intern, and the guy keeps in touch with me all the time, and, and he's doing a great job over there. But he, Louisiana he, Monroe. He, start, he was at Louisiana Monroe, right. yeah. Okay. Cool. Our hour is up. This was a blast. Man. Thanks for hanging out with us. How about right. Kyle Kasky, everybody? Get a check on news. More to uh, roll on in the 8 o'clock hour with Bengals Live, presented by Bud Light. Holy Grail Banks on the home of the best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. This is Bengals Live. Let's talk football. On the Bengals Radio Network. Let's talk football. Presented by Bud Light. Live at the Holy Grail. Brought to you by Bud Light. Raise one to right now. The Holy Grail. Home of Bengals Live. Touchdown, Bengals! This is 700 WLW. The home of the best Bengals coverage. And away we go. Hour number three, Bengals Line. We're at the Holy Grail Banks till nine tonight. Two enjoyable guests tonight on a, a, a tough night, all things considered. The, the late, early, late, early arrival. It's the bye week and uh, very cool of uh, Rob Livingston and Kyle Kasky to join us uh, Absolutely for an hour nice. tonight. That is, uh, that's aces. That was, that was fun stuff. The, both those guys are impressive. R- and I, I, I didn't want to ask you, how, Rob Livingston is how old? Do you know, do you have a guess? I, I would say, like 28. That's that's what I was. I'm, I'm thinking late, I was thinking, late late 20s. He's impressive. He he's is. an impressive guy. Very very impressive. And not uh, that Kyle Kasky's not if he's listening. No, that, he oh, absolutely. I mean, Kyle's already got yeah. seven years in the NFL. You know, that's, it's that's very unnerving that at, Kyle follows me on Twitter. I don't I don't like that. At a very at a very young age. I mean, that's both both guys <laughs> have uh, have positioned themselves well. For a very long career in the National Football League. All right, let's uh, before we get into the nuts and bolts, let's just run through some logistics and kind of the backstory to everything that went on. Um, I saw photos. Uh, I saw Anthony Munoz. I saw Kenny Anderson. So they were out there for a number of days. Uh, yeah, they came. They were out there. We they were at the event on Friday that we had at the uh, at the Bengals Pub. They came out. Kenny uh, Kenny traveled with Jim Mooring. Ah. Here at the Holy Grail, Kenny and uh, his wife, Christy, and Jim and his wife were out there uh, together. Uh, Jim, uh, the Moorings were in Paris, I believe, before they you're right. yes. before they came over. And uh, so Kenny was there. Uh, Kevin Walker was there with, ah. some, with some friends on Friday. Uh, and Anthony was there with the league. Anthony and Michael traveled out there. And Stanford Jennings and his wife were there as well doing some league things. The... Uh, the Washington Redskins had Joe Theismann and uh, LeVar Arrington oh, yes. were out there on behalf of the Redskins for the National Football League doing some events, and uh, Anthony did a great job. They had a place called the Fan House, I believe yes. it was, where he went and, uh, you know, on behalf of the Bengals addressed Q&A type deal with uh, the fans from, from London, and Chris uh, Ar- or LeVar Arrington, I should say, uh, was doing the same thing. I think Theismann was at a, another event, if I'm not mistaken, but... Yeah, it was uh, it was it was well done. I think the league, you know, does a good job. Thinks every angle you possibly can think, and tries to get as many good ambassadors out there as they possibly can to try to spread the word about the uh, the power of the National Football League. And we touched on it a little bit last week. This is not something you you put together as an organization at the snap of your fingers. This right. planning was what 12, 18 months in the making for no, this. No, no question. And uh, you know, basically everybody's supposed to take their turn with uh, respect to this trip and, and uh, for the Bengals to, to give up a home game, whew, that's, that's uh, I'm, I'm out at Friday's practice. We went to a rugby field um, for Friday's practice and it was uh, probably about a 10 or 15,000 seat stadium. And of course it wasn't, wasn't a football field, but it was good, nice grass, well kept and everything. And I'm thinking, man, 
doesn't feel like a home game. You know, it's kind of <laughs> kind of different out here. And honestly, that Friday, that practice was guys were leg weary. I mean, that they basically got we got off the plane, landed at uh, six o'clock, a little after six o'clock their time, one o'clock in the morning here in Cincinnati. And uh, Marvin had you know maybe an hour and a half to get situated in your room and get some things together, and then boom, right out to practice to try mm. to get guys moving around and keep them awake. Because I can tell you from experience, the worst thing to do when I first, the first time I went to Europe to do uh, NFL Europe games with Fox, I went to sleep after the flight. It was that type of flight, early morning arrival, and I, I was dead because I didn't sleep on the plane. I thought, oh, let me just catch a two and a half, three hour nap before I have to start doing some things. And I slept for like three hours. Took me two days to get mm, back, you know, wow. get, get back in the right track. And so people said, look, don't do what you did. That's the worst thing you do. I said, well, nobody told me. So the best thing to do is try to stay awake, fight through it, go to bed early, but make sure it's dark, you know, and it's nighttime there, and you can get on the right uh, the right rhythm for your for your sleeping pattern. And, uh, and and in a perfect world, the flight the players on the flight out slept. Where to sleep? That was right, the idea, right? Right, right. And and you know, I'm sure there was a lot of Ambien consumed and melatonin and whatever mm-hmm. else, but not everybody did. You know, some guys just can't. I, I can't sleep on planes. I have a hard time with that myself. And I know a lot of guys didn't. And, you know, even even the guys that slept in the, quote, beds, you know, flattened those seats out. And it's not even six feet in length, and Witt's like six seven. So, oh. I mean, a good part of Witt's hanging Dangling off there. Over the edge. So, I mean, for him to try to sleep, he'd have to be fetal position plus, you know, to try to. Yeah. And, how, and, how many and beds that were there? Uh, I think there were 40. 40 of those kind of, those kind of uh, scenarios. And it went by injury scenario combination of the above and uh not like rock paper scissors or anything no no yeah it was it was pretty much designated and it was it was a full plane there were 300 seats on the plane i think was the number we had 168 passengers so they they you know if you were three and three seat there was two three two configuration and every two pretty much had one person in it and every three seater had no more than two people in it so it worked out pretty well it was uh it was a big old plane and took a while to get back. I'll tell you, Lance, going out, it was a little over oh, seven hours because of the tailwind, but the headwind coming back took us like eight hours, oh. eight and a half hours oh, close to that man. flying back. It was tough. Now, paint the picture. I, f- I find this fascinating. I-, I didn't know it. I heard you and Dan mention it last week leading up to it. Paint the picture. Describe your broadcast setup. Yeah, we were outside. Uh, we were basically at the back end of the first level of the stadium, and it, they just basically took a section and, and, and not fenced it, but just kind of coordinated off as such right in the middle of the stands, you know, and uh, to, on the back on the back end of it. So our backs were to where you could have uh, media, you know, dining and that sort of thing. But it, there was nothing inside. It was all just overhang of the, the roof. The, the configuration of the stadium was pretty much like old uh, Cowboy Stadium where the, you know, yes. the retractable roof would just kind of open up the field and was like, you know, God had to see the football game. So... Uh, and nothing more. So there was overhang. If it did rain, a lot of people would have been protected, and we would have been because I was worried about, man, if, what if it starts raining and, oh, and everything gets wet? That would be fun. But um, it, it was it was very interesting. I mean, the crowd noise, you didn't have to worry about potting up crowd noise or anything because it was right there. And uh, Westwood One had a, had a broadcast location, the Redskins Radio, with uh, Chris Cooley and Doc Walker, Rick Walker was on the sideline, former Bengal as well as former Redskin tight end. Bengals drafted him out of UCLA. So everything was, you know, 
and it was weird. They'd, they'd be running down stats at the end of the quarter, handing them to all the media in the area, and they'd be looking at us, you know, you need one, you want. And, and I'm like, get out of the way. You're blocking our view. Can't see anything here, you know. Can't see the field. So it was it was a little – it was a different uh, a different arrangement for sure. What um, what what was the condition of the, the, the field, the turf? Was it was it good? Was it slick? Was it coming up? How how was it? It was it was slick, um, but it, it's it's I can't remember it, it's Deso or something like that is what it's called, and it's it's natural grass, but it they have they have like big uh, sheets of plastic, and and then the grass is either threw it or on top of it, and I thought it was a great surface, but it was the morning of the game it was extremely foggy. Mm. I mean, it, I thought now this is what I picture London to be, and when I'd <laughs> hey, been there's in Lo- Sherlock Holmes, <laughs> right? When I'd been in London before, it was like the fog, and um, the first couple of days, Friday and Saturday, it really wasn't foggy in the morning, but it was on game day, so it was heavy air and it was moist, so there was like you know a, a little bit of dew and you know like a dewy type uh, moisture on the on the field, and guys, it was a little slick. You know, guys had some. Uh, I think on, on I'm not sure if it was the kick. I'm trying to remember if it was the one he missed, but Mike slipped. His plant foot slipped on one of them to my eye, and um, that was that was a little bit of an issue. And I saw and guys I saw you know guys go in motion, and then try to turn up the field quickly and slip, lose footing a little bit uh, as they were crack blocking. Some guys would slip a little bit, so it wasn't it wasn't ridiculous, but it was a little dewy. Kyle calls it rye grass. Rye grass. Rye grass. There you go. Write that down. R-Y-E. R-Y-E. That's the, rye, type, that's the type of uh, type of seed. Can you see that? Um, can you see that working realistically with a full-time NFL team no. in London? No, I can't either. I, I, you know, they'd have to pay so much more than anybody else to get players to go over there. Yeah, I mean, it, and, and who would want to go there as a free agent and, yep. and face that type of uh, logistical nightmare? You know, unless you're getting paid a ton more money to do it, um, and and really. If you came here to play, think of that kind of time change. It's like, you know, you, now now you'd have to come to the United States and play at least two or three consecutive weeks and never go back to London. Yeah, that, and that's Mickey Mouse. And then go back to London. And then every team that goes to London, you want to try to give them a buy because of the logistics. I, I just think to to basically have a you know an expansion draft or whatever and in free agency, how could they compete in free agency with – Okay, you want to go to London and travel and have all those travel? With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Amplify your career through training and development solutions specifically designed for federal government professionals. From courses to help you attain or retain certification, to individualized coaching services, to programs that hone your leadership skills and business acumen. Management Concepts optimizes your professional development. Online, in person, individually, or groups. It's training that's measurably better. Learn more at managementconcepts.com. That's managementconcepts.com. Hassles and time changes. It's a great city and everything. Maybe mm-hmm. do it maybe do it for a year. Would you sign a five year contract there or would you rather sign one in New York, Miami, LA? 
you know, Chicago, I, I, I think I think they'd have a hard time. I really do. Could you could you realistically do this, or is this too far-fetched? And I talked with some fans last week from London. There's Tim Knowles from Bengals UK about the, the idea of whether they want a full-time team or a rotation to see everybody come through it a year. Could you go to a 17-week schedule, add in a bye week, and shuffle, rotate through every NFL team, play 16 Sundays in London with everybody going over during a season. Would that work? Yeah, that, that's that's a possibility. I mean, I think uh, they, they wouldn't have a home team as such. Right. It would be like the NFL traveling show. Yes, you'd get to overseas. see Aaron Rodgers right. against the Cowboys one right. week. You'd get to see the Bengals against uh, uh, the Seahawks the next week. And, and, I, and I will say that, um, you know, my son for one and a bunch of other people said to me it was very cool to wake up at 9:30 and throw the game on yes it was so and it's the only game on tv yep so it's almost like instead of monday night football yes. it becomes sunday morning football a new broadcast or, window for right, the league right or instead of sunday night it's sunday morning and now it's you know it's maybe it's a matchup that hey you know let's let's that's the only game on yep how about the advertising dollars for that early sunday morning Oh, you know, there are people in church. Well, maybe they'll go later in church or whatever. So you know, there's always objections. But to me, uh, if there's if, if there's dollars, it, it's all this is all dollar-driven. If you have any question about why anything happens, follow the dollar. So that might work where it would be, you know, one of the – maybe NFL Network says, yeah. we have that Sunday morning window at 930, and we're going to try to get as good matchups as we possibly can, maybe almost like Thursday night, Sunday morning, Maybe it's NFL Network and like NBC and CBS yes, kick yes. in like they're doing. Yes. And, and it becomes that, you know, that two Thursday night, Sunday morning. Well, you know what? I was going to say the concession I would make to get that done, I would say to the players, we'll drop the Thursday night package. Yeah. That, that, we'll go that 17 be... weeks, add an extra bye weekend, drop the Thursday night package, and we'll play Sunday in the 930 slot. Everybody goes to Europe once. It makes it fair and balanced for everybody having to travel uh, for a year, and they get to see all 32 teams play in London. And then there could, you go. What they could do is on Thursday night, now they're trying to make it division rivalries, do the same thing. A division, you know, teams from the same time zone would travel. Instead of one team having to travel from California playing an East Coast team where there's three more hours of travel, now you have people from the same region traveling the same time on the same day, so all things are equal. They can't complain about that. You know, one had to leave a day earlier because of that difference, and now one doesn't. So take that Thursday night concept, and maybe they can embellish it, take it overseas, and uh, go. even make more money. Who knows? That makes way too much sense. 820, he's Dave Lapham. I'm Lance McAllister. Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Bank, 700 WLW. 23-700-WLW, it's Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham, the day after a tie in London. Dave, I'm Mr. Optimistic, so there's uh, things I want to pull out of yesterday's game to get your thoughts on. And, yes. And, and it, it was a thing of beauty to see Tyler Eifert go down the seam over the, or over the middle, make uh, uh, first down, or third down catches turning into first downs. He had the touchdown, and uh, as, as you mentioned, who would have thought he played that many snaps? But that is clearly something that is uh, that is you can build on for this offense going forward. No doubt. And, uh, and I think one of the reasons uh, probably played that many snaps is they have a bye week. And uh, I know he was sore and tired <laughs> after that football game. But he does have a little bit more recovery time before they have to play. And then on top of the fact that it's Monday night uh, in New York, so it's going to even be an extra day. It's going to be not only the bye week, but a long week to boot after the bye week. So, um Honestly, though, I was stunned because literally 
it was the beginning of training camp for him. I mean, he hadn't done anything physically hitting anybody like that uh, other than, what, 15 snaps against the Cleveland Browns since last January, since the uh, – or February, whatever it was, end of January, I believe, in the Pro Bowl. So uh, it, that, that was remarkable. And, and like I said, I, I was impressed watching him block at the end of the line of scrimmage as well as doing the things that come naturally, and he does so well. He was putting his hand in the dirt at the end of the line of scrimmage and getting his nose dirty. I, I was very impressed with him. The other uh, aspect, and we talked with Kyle about it, the, the running game. They go for, what, 36 for 152, somewhere yep. around there. I, yep. I, I mentioned the three week, last three-week numbers, uh, five and a half yards per crack. That has um, continued to build and build and build. And, and they rushed for three touchdowns yep. in the red zone, and, and, and Tyler Eifert had his reception in the red zone. So when you can run like that in the red zone, it opens a lot of things up. And they were four for four in the red zone. That's been a struggle. They have not done well in the red zone. And, in fact, they were, like, tied for fourth uh, or third or fourth most field goals uh, having kicked in the red zone because of stalling and leaving four points on the field. So for them to go four for four like that, they were, like, tied for 28th in red zone uh, touchdown percentage going into that football game. So that was another bright spot to go along with the running game and Tyler Eifert being a factor a lot. And then I think that goes hand in hand. And, and like we said so yep. many times, when you can control the middle of the football field with an outstanding tight end, and there are many of them in the league, and with Tyler Eifert, the Bengals have one that, of the best, that makes everything else so much easier. Like A.J. Green was saying after the game, I wasn't even worrying about safeties anymore. You know, they weren't clouding me you know, like they had been because they have to worry about Tyler Eifert in the middle of the football field because not only, you know, just the short on these stuff, he can stretch it. He'll run down the seam and stretch it, and he took the big hit when he made the catch. They thought they had great coverage, and they did. But Andy Dalton, you know, had trust and confidence in Tyler and put it in there, and Tyler caught it and took the big contact and moved the chains. 18 targets of A.J. Green yesterday. How about uh, how about Josh Norman yesterday? Unbelievable. I, I, don't, think, I don't know that I've ever seen somebody – be what flagged five times, five times, four for the face, four mask, for the I face. I, and then, and then they called him for grabbing the back of yes. the jersey down yes. the sideline five. And, and, and he had the gall to say, who's number 88? Who's the official wears number 88 yeah. in his postgame press conference? And then he's like, he sucks. I'm like, what? I mean, if that's not going to get in your pocket, if the league's not going to find him for that, I mean, they find coaches for it. So you can't have players calling officials out yeah. after a football game like that. And, and, and honestly, if you're jacking his head back by hitting his face mask, they're totally, totally legitimate. Now, did they miss some things? Oh, yeah. Man, they missed the helmet-to-helmet. Helmet. George Iloka just smoked Jackson, yeah. smoked him. Sean Williams with the face mask on Crowder. I mean, not only should the touchdown have stood, but they should have been penalized on the kickoff after that, and it would have affected field position dramatically. So, you know, the Bengals caught some breaks, and, and then they didn't. And honestly, the big thing, too, is – when the NFL game, when they do go to Europe, they use the Fox crews over there, like Sky Sports, Fox, those camera guys. There are fewer cameras, it seemed like. And like when, when Marvin challenged, everything was from 100 miles away. They had no zoom. They had no technology to zoom in on the feet like they do here in the States. So it's like, well, you go over there. All of a sudden, it's a different dynamic in terms of evaluating everything on replay, and you have to have a good picture. It has to be indisputable to overturn a call. And when you don't have the equipment like you have yeah. here in the States, 
that's a different dynamic as well. More to get to Andy Dalton's day, the defense, and uh, some other issues to sort through. He's Dave Lapham. I'm Lance McAllister. Holy Grail banks the place for Bengals line. Presented by Bud Light on the home of the best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. 833, 700 WLW Bengals live from the Holy Grail Banks till 9 tonight. Rocky Boyman will take you 9 to midnight. I'm Lance McAllister. He's Dave Lapham talking uh, yesterday's tie and uh, tossing in some cards. Yes, it's time for Furniture Fair. Best seats in the house. Do you want to win tickets to the best seats in the house? Thanks to Furniture Fair and our good buddy Ed Hartman. You can enjoy a home game at Paul Brown Stadium and have a chance to win a $2,000 Furniture Fair shopping spree. For more information, visit Furniture Fair. Immediately, the Cincinnati Children's Bengals Kids Club, presented by IHOP and College Advantage, is back for another season. Make sure your young Bengals fan is a part of the club by visiting BengalsKidsClub.com. And let's get social for the latest Bengals news updates, photos, and exclusive video. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Andy Dalton with an un-Andy-like day yesterday. The, yeah. the interception, the, the fumble, he missed some throws down the field. What did you, uh, what did you see in Andy? You know, I, I, I'm hoping that... Um, that his his clock has not been altered, you know. I mean, it's he's he's been hit a ton. The the stat that uh, bothers me the most, one of the things I think that the Bengals really have to work on, is right now, Lance, they are minus nine in sack ratio. I'm big Ooh. on that. 31st in the NFL, minus nine. The only team that is worse that has given up nine more sacks than they've generated, the Indianapolis Colts, who are minus 17. Uh, <laughs> Luck has been sacked 31 times already on pace for a 62-sack season. They've only gotten 14 sacks. They're minus 17. The Bengals have allowed 25 sacks. Dalton has been sacked more this half a season than he was all of last year. And uh, they've only generated 16 sacks. So they are minus 9. They're they're 31st. Indianapolis is worst. The Bengals are second worst. And third worst are the Cleveland Browns, who are minus 8. They've allowed 22 sacks and only generated 14. So when you look at... You know, Indianapolis and the reputation their offensive line has. And look at Cleveland, the reputation their offensive line has. For the Bengals to be in that mix is not where they've been. Mm -hmm. I mean, they have not been like – they have not had these issues for for many years. Uh, You know, for that – in my opinion, one of the biggest reasons they've made the playoffs five years in a row and six out of the last seven is the offensive and defensive line. The consistency and continuity of performance uh, from those big guys has been a big, big factor in – I mentioned it during the game yesterday. Everybody, you know, the receiver position, highly scrutinized, and, and rightfully so, before the season. But that's far from their biggest problem. A lot of areas that the, they thought were going to be the strength of the Bengals has not lived up to par, hasn't been up to snuff yet. So some of these other, other position groups, you know, during the bye better, you know, take a little self-evaluation, look in the mirror and say, what can we do to make it better? Because they can be better than they're playing. Right now they're just, eh, they're an okay football team. And, and, and they can be better than that, and hopefully they will be better than that down the stretch. I think your point about Andy's clock is, is a fantastic one. For those who may not fully understand what it means that the quarterback, the clock, and the there is, there's a rhythm, there's a timing, sure. there's a flow, and to disrupt that disjoints everything. It does. I mean, if, if the quarterback, when the quarterback is standing in the pocket confidently and, and can, get, can get the ball out in rhythm and on time, I mean, it's it's a thing of beauty. And, and Andy Dalton is a rhythm quarterback. Kirk Cousins is a rhythm quarterback. He was getting it out on time, and he was not being harassed. But Andy, his, this year he's been hit so much, and the, and the pocket has been in his face so much that now you start speeding that clock up. And even if you're not 
if there isn't pressure, and I mentioned this even with Tom Brady, when the Bengals got to him as much as they did in the first half, they had two of their three sacks in the first half. He started, like, thinking they were coming, and he started, like, feeling ghosts, you know, and, and, and bringing the ball down. And it, you're a human being. It's a natural reaction. So that that does. That disrupt all. If, if you have a rhythm quarterback, and most quarterbacks are, and so, – in hitting, in baseball, you know, you get your timing and your rhythm. A pitcher better not throw fastball after fastball. You better throw some curveballs, change-ups. You can't throw the same thing at him when he's in that rhythm. So when a quarterback is in that rhythm, you got to do something to disrupt that rhythm, either blitz or change, change something. You have to do something differently. Right now, you know, Andy's clock isn't in that rhythm, I, I don't think. And I, and I feel like he's worried about people at his feet. He's worried about following through and hitting a helmet. You know, he's only 6'2", thrown out of a hole. You know, you can't even see. The quarterback not only needs uh, time, he needs space. A quarterback needs to have vision down the football field. If they're in his face, he can't see. And, you know, that that's, I think, based on as much as he's been hit and sacked, he's having a damn good year. Yep. Yesterday was not one of his better performances, I agree. And the numbers prove that and, and uh, show that. But uh, he's had some – look what he did in the, in the Jets game when he gets sacked seven times and he's still – you know, he won the game with all the big chunks and making the great throws down the football field that he made to A.J. and to LaFell. You know, 49 yards to LaFell, 254 yards to A.J. I mean, um, you, can't, you can't bank on that every single week. And I think that was the opener. You know, over time, you know, it's like anything else. You repeatedly experience yep. that. It alters your clock. It just changes it. With um, the, the way the rotation is going with Cedric Aboyhe and Eric Winston is that – is that helping Cedric? Do you, do you see progress? Is there any stabilization taking place, or is it still a work in progress? Well, the Cleveland game, you know, when I took a look, I, to me, I saw the line sliding his way a lot. Mm. And I saw backs chipping and, you know, help, yep. in other words. I only saw maybe a handful of snaps where he was one-on-one. He got beaten twice for sacks, you know, in those one-on-one situations. So I think, I think they've realized that, you know, Paul is, is, is hesitant to – help his tackles. He, he feels like he can develop them and have them out there on the island. The, the Cincinnati Bengals, Andrew Whitworth has been unbelievable all the years with the Bengals because he is one-on-one out there. And he in bowling, when you're sliding the line, you're sliding the center over. And you're, you're, you're basically, you know, saying, I'm going to block these two guys with three. Get the center over there. So now you have the center and the guard. The center and the guard are both kind of taking the tackle, and then the guards help, and if the end is coming inside, so now Oboy only has to worry about the upfield. Or if, if, he, if, if they don't slide the line, the back comes to chip, takes away the upfield outside stuff, so now you can take away the inside. So, you know, eliminate the two-way go. Just make him have to worry about one way. And, uh, and that's, that's the big help. Um, they, they, they have not done – over the years, they have put their tackles on an island. And what that does is gets everybody out in the route so much easier. You don't have to chip with the back. And, you know, if, if you have to keep a tight end in to slow block and help the tackle, one less receiver. If you have to mess with the back, one less receiver. So if you can get everybody out in the route and still protect well enough, you, it's a numbers game. You have a better percentage of hurting, the, hurting them on the back side, the back end of things. So, um, I you know – Long story, I guess a, a long answer to, to make it short. I don't know at this point. I, I, I'm not sure. I mean, I, I haven't seen the actual tape of this game yet, but by, uh, by the naked eye, I did see still a little more help, and I, the rotation was the same. I mean, 
said was in for two, Winston won. Said two, Winston won. And it didn't matter if it was a two-minute drill or, you know, they had to yeah, have protection. Yeah. It, it wasn't like, okay, two, but get back in there, Winston, because, you know, we don't want to have said in there. So they're going through the rotation and thinking that, okay, said's out there a couple of series and then watch the veteran and, you know, make sure you're seeing things on the sideline the same way you're seeing it on the field. And then go back out and get at it again. So um, hopefully – Hopefully that process is expedited because physically there is no doubt this guy has unbelievable ability. But the one thing that he has not shown at this point in time is his ability to anchor. And that's that's stunning to me because he is so athletic. And if you bend at the waist or lean lean to get low, that's that's not what you – got to bend at the knees. You have to hunker down, bend at the knees, get lower, get your pad level down. You can't be doing it from your waist. You can't be, you know, tilting to lower your pad level and, and leaning and extending. Defensive linemen will just abuse you when you do that. You have to bend your knees, keep your center of gravity, you know, jam, keep separation. And uh, he's got all the ability in the world to do that. But right now, the thing that he's fighting now is his mind, you know. He's just – he has to, um, you know, be totally confident that if he trusts his technique and does it the right way and – in, in a crisis situation, you revert back to what you did in the past. And he's the thing is, he's so gifted athletically. When he did that in college, he could still recover. Mm. In the NFL, if you do it, they're so damn good. They're by, you're, you can't recover. You're done. You lean, they're gone. In college, you lean, and they start to get, and you can still recover. It's just, it's just a higher level of competition, better athlete, bigger, faster, stronger kind of thing. And he, and he has that ability. But he had much more of it in college than anybody he played against, except maybe one or two guys a year. Whereas in, at this level, yep. every single week you're facing a stud. Every much, week. Much more to get to. We'll squeeze in the defense. Dave Lapham, Lance McAllister, Bengals line presented by Bud Light. We're at the Holy Grail Bank, 700 WLW. 46, 700 WLW, Bengals line from the Holy Grail Banks. Lance McAllister, Dave Lapham. Your news coming up in 14 minutes. Rocky Boyman will take you 9 to midnight tonight. Do you have cards to yeah, take care of, Dave? burn up these final cards. Lance, you or someone you know active in the community, like our good buddy Lance McAllister, Kroger and P&G are teaming up to bring a community champion to each Bengals home game. We want to hear your story. So send in a story, email communitychampion at bengals.nfl.net. And hey, ladies, the Bengals have a club just for you. Show your Bengals spirit by joining Who Day Ladies, presented by Kotex, Cottonelle, and Kleenex. For more information, visit whodayladies.com. David, as we get into the defense, I, I don't know where to begin because I'm, I'm so confused by so many different aspects of this defense, whether it's not getting enough pressure up front, whether it's the linebackers, um, in coverage, whether it's the secondary missed tackles, um, the, the the third down penalties, the the penalties that are just maddening. I don't I don't know. It just I, I didn't think we'd be talking about any of those things going into this season. You mentioned things they were going to lean on. You know, the thought was lean on the defense, lean on the running game. Then everything else will come along, and there's just not much to lean on defensively right now. It's 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 staggering to me. Yeah, it's it's very disjointed and uh, and puzzling. I agree with you. I mean. You, you look at their numbers now. I, I looked at the, the league stats uh, currently, and here, here, here they are. 24th in the NFL in yards per game allowed. 26th in yards per play. 23rd in yards rushing. 22nd in average per rush. I mean, that's not even, that, they're not even average. 24th in yards per pass attempt. Their quarterback rating as a defense, 96.8. 
over 20 points higher than it was last year. Oh. They were allowing like 70 <laughs> mid 70s quarterback rating. Last year they allowed 18 touchdown passes and had 21 interceptions. They were the only team, only defense in the NFL two years in a row had more interceptions than touchdown passes allowed. This year, now again, last year 18 touchdown passes on the season. This year 16, tracking for 32 allowed. Mm. Seven interceptions, tracking for 14. So it's just flipped. I mean, it's it's totally it's totally flipped, and it's like you say, it's it's not one thing. Sometimes it's the back end drop in coverage. Sometimes it's the back end blowing an assignment in coverage. Other times it's the defensive line, you know, not giving them anywhere near enough uh, pressure, and you have to cover too long. In this league, sometimes you can't cover anybody as long as they have to cover people at times. Um, you know, the blitz packages, uh, you know, sometimes they're getting home, sometimes they're not. Nothing nothing is going – and they'll play well in spurts, like, you know, Rob was saying. They had a four and out and then two three and outs yep. in, a, in a tight sequence. But then, you know, they're going they're going to 75 yards. I mean, the first drive of the game, they went ripping through them like a hot knife through butter, and uh, and it happened it happened more than once. I mean, there were, there were multiple uh, drives in the football game where, you know, double-digit uh, – 40 snaps in the first half to the Bengals 20. That that one when I saw the numbers and I I knew it was crazy when I saw those numbers at halftime I'm like wow I didn't realize it was it was two to one like that that was a that was a, a staggering number I'm trying to find this drive where they, here it is uh, the the Washington Redskins 15 plays 80 yards for a touchdown nine plays 77 yards settled for the field goal five plays 76 for a touchdown seven plays 88 for a touchdown so. I mean, 80, 77, 76, 78 yards, not getting off the field on, on third down. I mean, it was – and, yeah, it, 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 honestly, Jay had a great game plan, and uh, Sean McVay as offensive coordinator between the two of them, they, they called a great football game, and, and uh, they did. They got the Bengals in mismatches. Reed uh, caused a lot of these mismatches. You know, you have a linebacker on a, on a uh, like Vontez Perfect who – uncharacteristically lost his leverage and overran Reed. Reed just cut it inside, and Vontez is kind of limping around with a little bit of a knee issue. And I mean, it's it's like Jay has so many weapons, like the Bengals did and are trying to get back. Jay had so many options weapon-wise that invariably he was going to have a matchup that Kirk Cousins was drooling over. Take one more timeout, come back, squeeze in what we can on the other side, and wrap things up from the Holy Grail Banks, Bengals line 700 WLW. Head down the stretch, 8.53, 700 WLW, news in seven minutes, then Rocky Boyman, 9 to midnight. But of all things discussed tonight, I've heard a report, Dave Lapham. Can you confirm that it is, in fact, Alton's birthday tomorrow? It is. Alton's birthday tomorrow turns 23 years young. Happy birthday to Alton. It was Dalton's birthday on Saturday before the Bengals game. He didn't quite get the birthday present, only got half of it, you know, with the tie. didn't get the win for Dalton, but hopefully – Alton gets a big win tomorrow for his Absolutely. birthday in some way, shape, or form. Happy birthday, and thanks yes, for sir. all your help. And Dalton and Alton, how about that? There you go. <laughs> Dave, I have, as Dan Horde would say, a nugget before we run out of time. You ready for my nugget? Yes. I went through 34. I went through box scores for years for the Bengals last night to confirm this because I thought it was impossible. The Bengals have played 34 overtime games in franchise history, okay, mm. 34. They have never scored an offensive touchdown 
in overtime. In any of them? In any of them. Wow. Now, the rules obviously change. You know, field right. goals win games. But right. 34 overtime games, they've never scored an offensive touchdown. They have scored one over a defensive touchdown in overtime. You remember this. Corey Sawyer, a pick six, 54-yard yes. return to the house to beat the Lions yep. in September of 1998. Remember that very well. Does that qualify as a Dan Horde-worthy nugget? That's a huge no nugget. No offensive touchdowns in that's 34 a, overtimes. That's a great one. There you go. I, I didn't one. believe it. and I, I went back and I went back and I went back and I said, well, it is correct. So that's, that's a heck of a nugget. That's a nugget. That's a big nugget. Um, we, we touched a little bit on Vontez Perfect in the last segment, uh, and I know he had, I think he had 10 tackles yesterday. I don't know what the coaches had him at. So, obviously, he's making tackles. Davey, he doesn't appear to be altering, changing games like he was able to. How do you, how, how do you explain that? Yeah, I don't think he's as impactful yet as he was, and I think, you know, honestly, he's still – he's kind of finishing training camp, you know. I mean – um, and then he jazzed his knee up yesterday, mm-hmm. and I, honestly, there he's got he's had a, he has a hip issue that he had in college. He's got microfracture surgery on one knee. The knee that he jazzes the other one. So you know you wonder how how everybody has a clock in their career. Yeah. And you know you wonder how long his is. One thing though is that guy has an unbelievable pain tolerance. He will go out there and play when others wouldn't even think about it. He's he's about as tough and as tough minded as I've ever seen. Mm. He uh, he gets after it in that regard. There's there's nobody that has more passion and love for the game of football and will play hurt, you know, like him. One thing I was looking at Lance, yes. you know, when you think about the Bengals, you know, w- with their record, the best team of the best division in the in the league now, and it's ironic because. The Washington Redskins won the NFC East with a 9-7 and record. Nobody else in that division even finished above 500 last year. This year, everybody in that division is above 500. Uh, you got wow. Dallas at 6-1, and one, and uh, Philadelphia is now 4-3, and three, as are the Giants, and the Washington Redskins are 4-3-1. and one. Everybody's over 5. It's the only division in football where everybody's over 500. As far as the Bengals are concerned, the division, the second-best division in football is the AFC West. They have three teams over 500, and they are six and two, six and two, five and two. Kansas City is five and two. So you got to think. That's where if you don't win your division, you have to focus. Can you be a second wild card? Looks like the AFC West is going to be the wild card. So in my opinion, the easiest way to the playoffs, as we've talked about, is win your division. Now it all hinges on Ben because Baltimore struggling. Cleveland obviously is out. Baltimore struggling. The Bengals are, you know, middling. Um, how long will Ben be out? How how effective will he be when he comes back right away? It's Baltimore this week, and then it's uh, and then it's Dallas after that. So, you know, you have the bye, and now you got to go take care of business in New York. And honestly, the Bengals haven't won against the NFC East yet. They tie, they they lost to Dallas, and they tied yeah, against the Washington point. Redskins. Yeah. So here comes New York on the road, and then you have Philadelphia, who's not going to be as push as big a pushover as people thought. Yep. And you look at the back second half of the season, you know, is 7-1 uh, possible? Sure. You know, is it, is it, you know, slam dunk? Heck no. But this game was 50-50. I think, I think the Bengals were underdogs going into the game by a couple of points, weren't they? I, don't, they I weren't believe favored. at kick, I think they were a favorite. Were they, they? they? During the week, they were a three-point favorite. I don't know what it was at kickoff. Though. Huh. It was it what? It was three at kickoff. The Bengals were a three-point favorite Three-point favorite? Yep. Well, so that that's basically, you know, uh, in the NFL, everything is a 50-50, yeah. you know, flip. Um, you know, obviously, you got to think even going up to Cleveland, you're going to beat the Browns. But other than that, you're not going to look at any game and say, oh, that's a, that's a gimme win. 
and you're going to have to fight and slug for every single victory in the second half. So they've dug themselves a little bit of a hole. There's no question about it. It's not insurmountable to win the division, but it certainly ain't going to be easy. 30 seconds, maybe 20 seconds or less. Would you be surprised if the Bengals had kickers in working them out tomorrow? I don't know which ones. I mean, you every kicker in the league now, including Goskowski, has missed. He's missed two extra points. He had missed any extra points like 380 in a row. Um, look at, I mean, the kicker for Washington has got a hell yep. of a leg. He missed. Yep. Everybody, but but I, I miss tackles, miss field goals, Dave. It's oh, happening around the NFL. It, it is. And I, <laughs> but but I look at I look at the numbers. The field goal percentage right now for Mike is uh, .737, 28th in the NFL. 28th so and now he's missed an extra point so you know he's going to have to he's going to have to pick it up I know they have a list but if they're out in the street they're out there for a reason and there are other kickers in the NFL that are struggling it is just a bad down year for kickers we asked Aaron Simmons about it Dan and I had him on our uh, Wednesday show and he he said you know if I had an answer we wouldn't miss any but you're right this year the only guy Moves along like Old Man River is Adam Vinatieri, who at 43 years old converted his 43rd straight field goal to set an NFL record. At 43 years old, remarkable. Our time is up. This was fun. Thanks for hanging out with us tonight. Let's do it uh, next week. Let's do it. Rocky Boyman follows the news on the home of the best Bengals coverage, 700 WLW. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.